so uh, it has been crazy. Uh, like the last maybe two months has been a weird music storm for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, all music all the time. Um, I think I. Uh, I think it was maybe Jake of the Year that I talked some about like getting into new music last year. Uh huh. And it's like this year, in the span of. I think even like the last few weeks, it has been all these bands that I adore have been like, hey, new album, right? <laughs> like just I think in the last few weeks, let me let me look at this because I've been I've been listening to all this stuff on and off. And like there, I think I like all of it. Wow. Uh, the fun, the uh, Is Tool on your list? Tool is not. On, I Tool never Tool never did. A OK, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I heard part of the new song. They played it on the radio, and I was with my daughter, and I was like, I'm going to be honest right now. I don't know what everybody sees in Tool. They've I, never appealed to me. I'm glad people like them. It just doesn't hit me where it hits them. Spooky metal. <laughs> spooky metal kind of. I, I, I kind of just never got into spooky metal. Like uh, like Marilyn Manson, I never really got into. I kind of like really Marilyn Manson because it's more poppy. You know Some what I mean? It, yeah. Like I, I wouldn't even say I, it's not that I hate Marilyn Manson. It just never appealed to me. It, it always seemed a little tongue in cheek to me. Like people took it really seriously, but yeah. to me, it always seemed like it had a sense of humor about what was happening. I mean, I, I told you I went to that uh, Nine Inch Nails show where I think the it was implied that Marilyn Manson was barred from performing, and he came out before Nine Inch Nails and tore up a Book of Mormon and said some stuff about being controlled or whatever. I don't know that it, you can legally bar somebody from performing. He didn't. Uh, all I know is he did not <laughs> perform, and he was on the bill. I can't. Okay. I mean, I guess the venue could say, hey, we'd rather you not perform, but you're still going to have to pay yeah, I don't, whatever I, contract was agreed upon previously. I was always under the... It seems, now that I've gotten older, it seems ridiculous that they said, no, you can't. Like, it's like people always talk about, this book was banned, or, you know, it's like, come on, it wasn't banned. Maybe in a school, maybe the school wouldn't carry it in the library, but it wasn't banned. I'm going to try video looking up Marilyn Manson in Utah and see if it really was that. I remember having friends during that time that claimed they were there. And they I, once said he lit it on fire. I've heard so many different he he tore versions. It up. He tore it up. He he was like tearing pages out of it, and I I don't like remember it verbatim because even at, at the time, like I always felt like Marilyn Manson was kind of a tryhard. Right. He was he was spooky metal and was really leaning into it. And I, you changed your name. <laughs> hey hey, get out of here, Heath Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Jiminy Glick. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, that was Jiminy Glick. I didn't watch a lot of Jiminy Glick. That I... was the one the one with uh, Ice Cube. Oh, maybe I should watch that. That sounds good. I want... I think it was 97. Have you seen the... You've probably seen the meme, but somebody made a t-shirt out of it. It's a it's a big glass on a, on a t-shirt of iced tea with ice cubes in it, and it's iced tea's face with a bunch of little ice cube faces. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. That's pretty good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know if this is going to tell me. It's definitely making reference to, let me see if I can find. I've always felt with stuff like that, like if you give that a reaction, you just empowered their action. Does that make sense? Like if somebody walked up in front of me and did something like that and I freaked out, I would be giving them exactly what they wanted. If I just shrugged my shoulders and went about my yeah, day. It, it says 
On the Wikipedia, it's shown canceled shows. It says January 11th, 1997, canceled by venue CEO. Venue moved to Wolf Mountain in Park City after lawsuit against the state of Utah by fans. I remember having this conversation in like 93 or 94 on a bus when I was in high school on a football trip. So I don't know. Um, you know, I, don't, I think everybody has different. I think there's like a what? What is that? I mean, thing this where is on the have, Wikipedia. Uh, uh, what is that thing where you have different versions of reality? Everybody has different versions, and sometimes it didn't actually happen. Uh, the Ma- Mandela, Mandela effect. effect yeah. yeah, I think it's a Mandela effect thing. Uh, let me see if I can find some '94 dates. I know some people who went to uh, a Marilyn Manson concert before he got particularly popular. So t- the tour dates for Marilyn Manson started in 96 for some reason, hmm. which doesn't make sense. Uh, I want to find the... Oh, Maybe oh, I've critical, got the Mandela okay, effect Critical going. reception. Uh, reviews of the music. Before the Salt Lake show even commenced, the editorial board of the Salt Lake Tribune dismissed the band's songs as profanity-laced and anti-establishment swill. And likened allowing such low-class entertainment to perform at the Utah State Fair Park. Uh, alleged props and antics such as fluorescent sexual devices, onstage nudity, <laughs> and simulated sex acts. Which, by the way, the I know a, a few of my friends who went to one of his previous shows. And the public nudity thing is an agreed-upon thing that was happening. Okay. I have a I have a really good story about and that. And who wants not, to see that at a Marilyn Manson concert? I have a really good story about that that's not fit for uh, <laughs> for me to tell to a public audience. All right. Uh, Brophy dismissed the show as tame, poorly done B-movie theatrics, which I think is a fair assessment. Right. And the band thus, if the Sex Pistols were the original great rock and roll swindle, then Marilyn Manson is the sequel. You know what? It's a take. I always thought his song, The Dope Show, was very much about him and people's reaction to him. Maybe because it was just him putting. He was. It was him trying to be. This isn't outrageous. This isn't telling me about that. Uh, okay, and now he's friends with Taylor Swift. So, <laughs> I I know somewhere in this it say it, it talks about that uh, he tore up a Book of Mormon, but but it sounds like the and I think it was. I really think it was ninety seven that he was he was touring with uh, hmm. with Nine Snails and. <clears throat> I guess the CEO, because that was at the uh, the Delta Center. I think it was the Delta Center at the time. And yeah. uh, I guess, the, it, I mean, it has it on here that the CEO of the venue um, barred him from performing. Also known as Larry Miller. <laughs> That's Larry H. Miller to you. Larry H. Miller. It was an amazing show. But yeah, the, so <laughs> this is a long road to go to. Like, yeah. Nine Inch Nails was probably the closest thing to spooky metal that I got into. And I'll tell you what. I've never been super into the downward spiral. They were kind of dark wave, like new wave, but is dark. That a, is that a thing? Yeah. That, that, is, yeah. that is also something that I am really bad at is um, I can look at something and go, well, that's rock. That's probably alternative. That's maybe metal. But there's a lot of maybe metal or my favorite baby metal. They, I think they were a lot inspired by like Bauhaus and stuff like that. Oh, Nine Inch, you talking about Nine Inch Nails? Yeah. Or, like... like um, Pretty Hate Machine. Pretty Hate Machine is more of an industrial kind of synth album. Right. It's when you get to uh, you get to their albums after that that they do a lot more kind of speed metally kind of stuff, which which I like a lot. And I even I really like Pretty Hate Machine. Mm-hmm. You know that was that was those were formative years for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just Tool that long road saying Tool never got to me. But uh, me neither. 
in the in the last like month and a half, Nick Cave put just put out a new album. Wow, which uh, is kind of a, a follow up to his last album, uh, Skeleton Tree. This this album is heavily dealing with uh, his the his son's passing. Ugh. Which uh, did we talk about that that letter? I don't think so. He I didn't know his son passed away. Yeah, uh, shortly before his last album, Skeleton Tree, came out. His son was camping with some friends and walked off a, in the middle of the night. Had wandered off and walked off a cliff and Ugh, died. Jeez. And from what I understand, some of the lyrics in Skeleton Tree were changed around a little bit shortly before its release to kind of reflect some of that. But uh, this new album, Ghosting, is definitely about that. Hmm. And it's it's closer. It's uh like early Nick Cave. He wrote a lot of kind of story based ballads. He has a he has a whole album called Murder Ballads that's uh, violent. <laughs> so some of his older stuff is kind of quite. There's some questionable stuff about violence and things like that. But uh, these last two albums has, have been really synth heavy and more like he. It's less singing and more like stream of consciousness kind of stuff. But I really mm. like them. I've I've actually thought a lot about maybe trying to pick myself up a separate because uh, I. I listen to stuff a lot at work. I've thought about getting an extra set of headphones so, like, when I'm falling asleep, I can put on these two albums. And sounds like you need an extra set of ears. Or that certainly. <laughs> um, just went and saw Baby Metal, and uh, fortuitous enough to find out they put out a new album uh, like a week or two after I went and saw that. Oh wow! Uh, their their album. They didn't Metal, mention that in the concert. You know what? It did come up, and that's how I knew it was. Oh, okay. Like, it sh- <laughs> I was like, that's poor concert, marketing if they did it, not bring that and up. That was so crazy because, like, I was totally going to that show as more of a goof than anything. Uh-huh. I was like, ah, check this out. And then just completely got sucked in by really good music. <laughs> and this new this new album they put out, uh, Metal Galaxy, is almost kind of a, a metal opera. Like, it, I really dig it. I really dig it a lot, man. There's a lot of. Uh, there are there's a lot of different music like some stuff that seems to be influenced by and boy I Trav Trav can I be can I be vulnerable and honest with you Go for it let's have it These descriptions I give I am so talking out of my ass when I give these descriptions <laughs> I am giving you a description based on what I think I'm hearing Okay So uh, like some of the songs have like an East Asian almost what feels like a Bollywood tilt to them uh, There's one song that has almost like a like a Scottish kind of tone to it I, I just really dig it man it all comes together cohesively and it it feels like i mean it, it feels almost like a story being told <laughs> uh which will which speaking of will uh will bring me to and i think i talked a little bit about this was a uh, sturgill simpson a uh, guy who i'd known primarily as a country artist brought out an album called uh, sound and fury which is much more of a rock album and uh, I think I mentioned to you he has an anime component to it on Netflix. Oh, I don't remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. He brought out this guy who was mostly known as kind of an outlaw country singer. Uh, really good, again, really good stuff, like uh, the kind of country I can get down with. And brought, uh, started hearing a few singers from the album. was like, wow, this isn't country. This is more like poppy, uh, poppy and rocky. And then I hear after that, like, hey, by the way, also there he did a whole... I heard he actually went to Japan and kind of consulted on making a, an anime component to it. And I've watched about hmm. half of it, and it's it's of a of a kind of animatrix Aeon Flux quality of like you know someone someone they made have, some action scenes to go along with a rock album. Did they have cowboy hats and stuff? There is 
at least one cowboy samurai in it. I saw a guy wearing a cowboy hat the other day that was so big that he had to turn sideways to get into his truck. <laughs> it was that big. Was it, it was like, ridiculous. Was it like a Primus wine on a big brown beef? Yeah, but it was a, it was a legit cowboy hat. <laughs> it was like the hard, like the hard, like uh, weaved ones. It like was wicker? not. It, it wasn't yet. Yeah, it wasn't like a to be funny. It was. Are you sure? It was. It was a Hispanic man. So oh. I know it, it wasn't just some hipster trying to Hispanics be funny. Hispanics specifically was, known for their lack of humor. Well, I, I don't know. I, that was just. No, his, I, get what, I get what you're saying. It was it just, just his hat, but it was so big that it it just kind of like warmed my heart a little because it was so big. He had to turn adorable. sideways and back into his truck. <laughs> I was like, "Is he going to take it off?" Nope. Nope, he's going sideways. This would be a good. Uh, he's pivoting. Did your did your high school have like a cowboy faction? Yeah, because uh, they all like. Uh, I remember it happened at the end of like maybe seventh grade going into eighth grade. So everybody went. All the people that were into like Metallica and stuff like that went home one summer, and then they came back and started the new school year, and they were all cowboys. Wow, that's a that's a hard transition. Yeah, it was a, like they all got haircuts. So and they're all wearing jeans, like tight jeans, instead of like Wranglers. Did they get of, the full haircut, or did they, did they go full cowboy and nail? No, it was a it was like a cowboy mullet with like curly in the, in the yeah, back, yeah, like like go. early Toby Keith. There you go. Travis, have I have I admitted to you that I had a mullet? I had a mullet for a little bit too. I was I was like I, ten. I have when I had hair, um, I have fairly more wavy than curly, not but uh, my. I had a, a mullet that was mostly ringlets in the back. Uh, <laughs> friends of mine referred to it by two names. They either called it the Schwilby pie or the bushfly. The I don't know why, but both seem to seem to fit. <laughs> it sounds like a comic book, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The Schwilby pie and the and the bush pie and, and yeah. the bushfly. Bushfly. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a comic book to me. So cl- closing out music corner, uh, the Pixies also put out an album. Recently. Really? Okay. Yeah. Now you've got my interest. You should give it a You like Pixies then? I love the Pixies, yeah. How far into their catalog do you generally speak and go? If you have it, have recently. I'll put on greatest hits and stuff like that. Yeah, because I was very much into their 90s stuff. I mean, they're they're super influential band. Right. Some of their more recent albums I just haven't really listened at all. But What was the band that the there were sisters in it, right? And they started their own band for a little while. Are you talking about the Breeders? While. Yeah, the yeah, that breeders. was Kim Deal from the Pixies starting yeah. the band with her sister. With her sister, that yeah, that's like what that. it was. I like, the breed- I like that. A lot boom, last burn, yeah. Burn, yeah, that's, boom. A, that's a good ass song. It's a really good song. <laughs> I heard it just the other day on a commercial for like shampoo or something. Well, I think they're still using that for commercials. So good for them. Good, it's a really good. It's a great song. song yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the Dandy Warhols is a band I like. They have a really great Ooh, song yeah. called Cool Like Kim Deal. The Dandy Warhols, didn't they do, what was the big song they had? Bohemian Like You. Yes, uh, Bohemian Like You. And then, uh, that's a really good song. What's His Butt, uh, Ben Folds remade it with Shatner and made it a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I don't know if I've heard that one. Yeah, but I like the original version. I like the Dandy Warhols a lot. They were one of, they were one of the concerts I went to. So they, that was a concert I went to that their lead singer was super pretentious and they took a big chunk out of their show to let a woman who I still don't know who it was just kind of, um, she wasn't really, it was like operatic of just, Oh, it was Paul bear. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. My Undertaker. Now that you now that I think about it, yeah, it was a Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. You find yourself in a rock show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you did, I, I hadn't thought about that show in a long time. But the, the Pixies. Brief, brief pass away. This new Pixies album, um, I think I just heard stuff that their last few albums just didn't have that good Pixies energy because all the best Pixies songs are really, really catchy, really catchy tunes. Right. Um, you know, and this album, I didn't feel a lot of like a lot of hooks, but it feels like a very mature. It feels like the album, the album that the Pixies who'd all grown up and are like dads and moms and adults now would have made. And I, I really like it a lot. There's a song on the back end of it called Daniel Boone that in particular has hmm. has touched my soul that I love a lot. I guess I'm going to have to listen to it. Give I've it, a, give it a, a shot. I've been listening to a lot of music, but it's less of just I have a a rich desire to seek out new music and it's just like bands that I like are putting out tons and tons of music. I like I love it. Oh, it's weird that they don't play any of that on the radio though. I don't even know what the radio is, man. I mean, like Okay, so they've got a new wave channel on Sirius XM. Yeah. Like, think for one hour out of the entire week, they'll play, like, new stuff that these bands are putting out. And all these bands are still touring unless they're dead. They're, the last few years, the last four or five years have been kind to 90s alternative bands. A lot of reunion tour. Not a reunion or just a lot of resurgence tours. Right. A lot of bands... Um, Doing tours where they do whatever their popular album was, front to back. And that's pretty sweet. I wanted to go see the um, the Joshua Tree tour with you yeah. 2 I really wanted to see that. Because I wanted to see... they did that? Huh? They did that like, a, like we're going to play our album front yeah. to back. Yeah, they just did that album. And they didn't... I don't think they did like hundreds of dates or anything, but they did select cities. But I always wanted to hear Red Hill Mining Town live. So that would have been cool. I should probably see if they put out an album of it. A live album. Oh, and also Starcrawler, my my beloved Starcrawler, uh-huh. a new album like last week. It seems I, like they put okay. out a new album every six months. Uh, they they've been putting out a lot of new music. That's one of the things that I'm maybe not so enamored with is a lot of these bands. They put out three or four, you know, singles before the album, like Bad Religion last year, or maybe it was still this year. I can't remember when their last album was, but. They put out a ton of singles before the album. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm really thirsty for this new music, but I, w- I want, I like an album experience. I really like mm. an album experience. Like, uh, you know, uh, Starcrawler did that where they had a bunch of three or four songs leading up to the album. Baby Metal put out an EP of a, a good chunk of their album before they, they put out uh, huh. Metal Galaxy. Metal Galaxy. So, Nice. Did you did you enjoy Music Corner, Travis? Yeah, Music Corner. Hey, that was, way, Tra- a, was a Travis, nice little. Do you know where we're at? Where are we? We are on Late to the Party with Travis oh, Tate. Oh, hey everybody! <laughs> I'm Travis Tate. How's it going? Sorry, man. I, it, oh, you're like, good. Legit. I think it's even just from the last time we recorded, uh, like three or four of these. It's albums been bubbling. That, that are particularly Jake focused. Gurgling. Just gurgling. Speaking of G words. G words. The trailer for a very important movie came out last week. Oh yeah, <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. I I would. It's probably wa- the best thing they've done in twenty I years. One hundred percent. And that's what I we I, we were talking about a little bit before the show. I really feel like that is ninety five percent David Harbor making that thing so good. Yeah, uh, 
you know what i was surprised at he's slimmed down from yeah stranger things too. i was actually like well i mean if he's gonna be like big and husky i guess it's okay for me to be big and now he's slimmed down i'm like damn you david harbour i have no idea i have no idea how the science behind david harbour works because i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure in hellboy he's wearing a suit oh yeah definitely you know a, a suit with a six-pack on it right I almost questioned some if Stranger Things was something of a suit or... Well, except that he took his shirt off. I thought he might just be wearing well, yeah, like but a... So did so did Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, that's true, but I don't... I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it was that, that level. Looked, that definitely looked fake. I'm not saying it's that level. I'm not saying it's that level. I'm saying maybe maybe it was a combination of a little bit of a suit and makeup. I I don't know. It, whatever Maybe. David Harbour's regiment angles. is, it was all angles. Apparently, I need to get on his regiment. Yeah, me too. As, as we, Grouch was once really again funny. pulled into the Harbor Harbor. The Harbor Harbor. It was really funny. If you haven't seen it, go. I'm sure it's on YouTube or whatever. Oh, it's it, it's definitely funny. It's definitely like he is he is doing a great job of parodying. If they're gonna Joker. treat me like trash. Why don't I just become trash? He's so into it. It's so funny. <laughs> and he does kind of the dance that Joker does. Yeah, he does the dance. He, uh, you know, <laughs> like the, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Grouchy. Grouchy. So, I, it was a brief moment in time and like, what do you, what would you, what do you think about Saturday Night Live at this point? That's the first thing I've seen. In years, I don't follow it, so I, I I'm not going to comment a whole lot on it because I don't really watch it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not super into sketch comedy right now. Well, there's, there's not. When I, I was mean, a kid, I loved okay, it. Okay, I was going to say there's not a lot of good sketch comedy. I'd say there's not a lot of visible. I think there's some really great sketch comedy. I shows thought Key that, and Peele was had some amazing stuff. Yeah, Key and Peele was really good. I've heard Broad City's really great. I've watched Broad City, I and liked, they've got some good stuff. I liked a fair amount of Portlandia, but I haven't watched a ton of it. I think the key with sketch comedy is, like, Saturday Night Live, they want to create characters so that they can bring them back and do them every week, and then you get tired of them. What is the last, what is the, okay, how far back would you have to go that you would be able to name a recurring Saturday Night Live character? Because it, I would go back, I would have to go back 15 or 20 uh, years. I mean, there was, there was Bill Hader's one that he did all the time where it was like a fashion guy. Yeah. But I don't even remember the name no, of that. I have no idea. And I just, re, I just know of it from memes, I think. I mean, it's also kind of supposed to be a trope that. Saturday Night Live is only good as long as you're between the ages of junior high and high school. And once you get out of that, you will start condemning it. The, well, I, I don't really condemn it. It just doesn't appeal to me. That's that's way different than I know there are some people out there. And I think it's people that uh, derive their personality from crapping on things, which I don't I don't really like that kind of vibe. But there's a lot of people out there going Saturday Night Live sucks or The Simpsons sucks now. It was only good back back <laughs> then. And it's like, all right, are you saying they don't put anything good out? I don't follow. I haven't I, watched a new Simpsons episode in probably 10 years. I am sure they put out good stuff periodically. But I I think I think it's a fair it's a fair criticism to say that The Simpsons has been The Simpsons has worn out its welcome. Well, I mean, it's been around for 30 years. Yeah, they, there's only so much you can do. It shouldn't be around that long. Probably not. Or Something they like should... Saturday Night Live is you have a cycling cast that it's not like Saturday Night Live exactly has continuity. The Simpsons should do maybe six episodes a year. Something like that. Yeah, sure. Or 
you know, maybe just do get what 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 uh, um, Homestar Runner became, which is they do like a Halloween episode every year. Yeah, do a Halloween, a Christmas, you know, some uh, specials or whatever. Just have some fun with it. But I don't know if you need twenty two episodes. There are boy animated shows. There are a few of them like. South Park probably has worn out its welcome. But South point. Park does short seasons, too. Family Guy never should have been a thing. How many episodes are there of South Park? I know it's like 20 seasons, but I would, they're like 6 I'm to 10 episodes, least, right? I would bet there's at least 12. Okay, well, at least but it's not you know 22. What? If only I had the electronic device. I can like stretch a little bit, and I'll, I'll see what the most recent South Park... I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched South Park in at least 10 years, either. I've got friends that tell me about it, and what they tell me is pretty funny. But it's first of all, I don't have cable. I think that has a lot to do with it, or a DVR. Maybe I would still watch some of this stuff if I could DVR it. The Simpsons is on Hulu, but I don't think anything else is. Oh my god, how long would it take you to get through all of The Simpsons at this point? Uh, I will let you know when it shows up on. <laughs> oh man, on so Disney looking Plus. at looking at South Park uh, season twenty two. Uh, I am led to believe that there were 21 episodes. Wow. I, I never would have guessed they were doing that many episodes. Let me... I know they not. can turn them around super fast. Actually, it says 10 here. Okay. I just looked at... When I was looking at it uh, before I got into the Wikipedia article, it said, like, look at all 21 lines. Or maybe there were only 10. And that seems about right. That's why people oh, always yeah. talk about, like, the quality of British shows. It's because it's condensed. It's it's ten episodes. I was gonna say sometimes six. I was gonna ask if you could name a show that has long seasons like that, and then I remembered you're a fan of Supernatural. Yeah, Supernatural, all the uh, the DC TV stuff. I will tell you what, man. Few things please me more as when I'm sitting down to watch a show. Few things excite me more than twenty two minute episode. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And when I heard the Arrow was gonna be eight episodes this year, I was like. Okay, that's that's probably going to be a pretty good year. And one of those is going to be the crossover. I mean, we're a ways away from Umbrella Academy, but I still feel like one of Umbrella Academy's downfalls is the, the episodes felt really long. Regardless of how long the season was. It's because it was a full, legit long. hour. Yeah, they felt long. That's kind of what's keeping me from starting The Dark Crystal, because I know it's a legit hour. <laughs> I will tell you what, that, that one for like an episode or two, for like an episode or two, I... It took me a minute to get used to, but then it, it stopped bothering me. I feel like I should probably watch it before Disney Plus comes out. Oof. Because then I think it'll probably get pushed by the wayside. You see that stuff? Disney reminding us this week that they've made a lot of really <laughs> inconsequential stuff. Yeah, I mean, my son was reading the list to me. I don't know if it was like a completely finished list because some of it was sequels of things but not the originals there was a really great tweet that was that basically kind of presented that like a lot of people forget that between the years of like 1950 and 1990 disney almost exclusively made trash yeah i mean there's there's some stuff that's probably not good i'm gonna go back and watch there's definitely some great stuff in there the which, computer wore tennis shoes. I don't think I've ever seen it because I always thought it sounded stupid. Which I felt really good about because uh, they had all those like Disney Plus tweets and that's what mm-hmm. they were going based on. I started looking through right. them and I, I tweeted back and I'm like, hey man, I think this is a pretty bad take considering that they put out A New Hope in 1977. And I got <laughs> earnest replies of, well, they, no, that's 20th Century Fox, bro. <laughs> they bought them. Like, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Cool beans, man. 
I'm excited to go back and watch some of the some of the stuff I haven't seen for a while, like Ducktales. I haven't seen Ducktales forever. Oh yeah, du- Ducktales. That'll be fun is, to go back and watch. Ducktales is a fun show. Even like uh, I think about things that I mean, scared all, all me those, a little. All those Disney afternoon things were pretty good. Yeah, and most of them are on there. Not all of them, but I mean, just because it's not on there now doesn't mean they're not going to eventually put it on there. Yeah. But even like uh, the Black Cauldron, I want to go back and watch, and and the uh, the Black Hole. If you that's on the, there, you just into their their Black period. Yeah. Is there anything else? Uh, black Swan was that Disney? No, probably not. I don't not think so. Yet. I haven't seen it. It will. No be. spoilers. Don't worry about it. I know it's ten years old. Don't spoil it. Oh, she's crazy. I have heard that. Actually. Black Swan is one of those movies that is really well regarded, and every once in a while I'll be running through like, what could I watch tonight? And I'll see Black Swan and like, hmm. There's probably really good performances. <laughs> it's probably interesting. Samila Kunis in there. I don't feel like facing existential dread right now. I'm not going to do it. Like, see Mila um, Kunis. Whiplash is about as far as I want to go with like people who have talent. Tortured artists. Used. Tortured yeah. artists, yeah. Black Panther, that'll be on there. Sure will. Black Panther. Did you see Whiplash? No, I didn't see Whiplash. Whiplash is really. I've good. seen scenes of it. I Whiplash know that he really like good. smacks him around and stuff. Whiplash is really good, but it is an anxiety attack. That's a form. Miles Teller, right? I believe so. I always confuse Miles Teller and Paul Dano. Really? Yeah, because Paul Dano's in the news today, and I was like, wait, was that Paul Dano and Whiplash? But it was Miles. Teller. I confused Miles Teller and Miles Teller dude, was uh, Mr. Fantastic. Whoever the yes he was. <laughs> Whoever the dude that's in Ready Player One is, who for all I know is Miles Teller, but I think they're, I think they're separate. Dude. No, he's a younger kid. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. He does. Also he does the, look similar to him. The kid, the the youngish guy that's in uh, Righteous Gemstones, looks a fair amount, at least in my memory. The younger guy in that that oh, I haven't seen any kind of, of the it. main young kid. Uh, Righteous Gemstones just their season finale was last week, and are they preachers? Is yes. that what it is? Yes. Okay. Really good. Is it? Really good. Is it good. a comedy? It's kind of a black comedy, yeah. Which okay. It, you're in your black period. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. The you're Black watching. Album. But, uh, you know, um, Danny McBride is very Danny McBride. Um, the the last show that, that he did with uh, with Walt Goggins, um, Vice Principals, I liked a whole lot. But even at mm-hmm. that, I was kind of looking at it and going like, Danny McBride is just doing the eastbound and down character. Yeah, that's that's kind of what he does. And um, he's he's that in everything. And you know, Righteous Gemstones is not entirely. Di- he's that character mostly, but I will say it wrapped up with a a lot more heart than I hmm. expected it to. You know, uh, um, it's uh, HBO seems to love him. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, just keep putting him on things. He's definitely besties with HBO. Uh, <laughs> Adam Devine as the Adam Devine. I don't know if it's Adam Devine or Adam Devine. Devine. It's Devine. Does he go by Devine? Okay. Yeah. Adam. I'd never heard it said out loud. Yep. Adam Devine is the youngest brother of the Gemstones. Okay. I, I found his story to be most compelling. Hmm. Um, with his buddy Keith, who was really really funny, uh, a former Satanist and kind of cyber goth. <laughs> uh, nice. And hey, hey, here's one that's gonna catch you. Well, two that are gonna catch you. One. Walton Goggins is super great in it, but even more than that, this Travis, are, are you sitting down right I'm, now? I am. My my butt is in a seat. John Goodman is spectacular in it. What? John Who Goodman that? not really playing for laughs in most of it. Okay, but uh, really good and just like I said, uh, I like ex- him and the Connors. <laughs> you do you watch the Connors? No, 
but he was never really the one playing for laughs in that in that show. I don't know. I don't. He was always kind of the on Roseanne. He was he was almost the uh, the ground the grounded person. Does that make sense? Yeah. He was more That's based fair. in reality, and everybody else was kind of you know doing their their crazy dance around him and he was the one going all right everybody calm down that's another thing about righteous gemstones it's very much a danny mcbride show kind of thing of you have like four to five main characters who live in a heightened state of reality right and a lot of the show is kind of people that live in the real world trying to deal with these people who obviously (laughs) do not which which is funny i would strongly i would strongly recommend that's what makes eastbound and down funny i would strongly recommend vice principles and I never watched enough of Eastbound and Down to make... I've been watching it. I haven't watched it for like a month or so, but I've been watching it, and it's funny. I think I watched it. I think I watched a full season. Kenny Powers. I watched a full season of it. I think it was... Was it like the second season when he went to Mexico, or did it not get that I haven't far? gotten that far yet. I think that... I might not even be right about that, but... Hey, Danny McBride, as much as you're not doing a different character, I still really enjoy most, if not all, of your stuff. <laughs> Alien Covenant, notwithstanding. Oh yeah, he was in that one. Huh? <laughs> is that the same one Idris Elba was in? No, that's the thing. Uh, um, Prometheus is the one with Idris Elba, and uh, right. uh, Danny McBride is in Alien Covenant, playing kind of the same character that uh, <laughs> Idris Elba was in in Prometheus. Boy, do you remember? Well, didn't we talk about Prometheus and Alien Covenant and how I much those so. things just pissed me off? But I couldn't look away. Yeah, Prometheus was better. I do remember that. I, but they kind of blend together well, for me. Prometheus at least was kind of swinging for the fences at something. Right. They were definitely... It, it's almost what people say about like the Phantom Menace of whether you think it's trash or not, which it very much is trash, Travis. Mm-hmm. Whether you think it's trash or not, you can at least kind of get behind that the Phantom Menace is a singular vision of George Lucas that's uninfluenced by anything else. And... A lot of you can look at the two subsequent prequels and say he made these influenced by the criticism he re, he received over Phantom Menace. We almost got a Metaclorian movie. We, the, Just keep that in mind. The, I believe you're talking about is it the Wills? Oh, I don't know. Did he name it? Yeah, there was a there was a name for the. F- <laughs> He wanted was, to make a Star Wars movie just about he wanted Metaclorians. To make, he wanted to make Star Wars Osmosis Jones. Basically, yeah. And the char- the 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 beings that were that were uh, in the midichlorians that actually caused the force, I believe he called them the Wills. They're like W H I L S, I think, <laughs> or W H Y L S, maybe. Oh, why indeed? Why? It was bad news, Brown. Yikes, Trav. Yeah. What you got for me? I'm we, I'm monopolizing Trav. We, Please take, we, let me pass the mic. We mentioned Paul Dano. He got he just ca- was cast as the Riddler. In the new Matt Reeves Batman movies, I think they're going to be good. They also cast uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, so they've got Catwoman and the Riddler in it. Jonah Hill walked away, which Travis, I'm happy about. Considering her family history, is a leather is leather clothes the best thing for a Kravitz? I mean, Lenny made a whole career out of it, so no. Or do you know that about Lenny? Lenny made a hole certainly with leather pants. Did he, know, did he have a hole in his leather pants? You don't know about that weird I photo? I guess not, no. He was at a concert, and he went to like crouch down in a dance move, 
popped right open. And guess who doesn't wear underpants? <laughs> Why would you if you're Lenny Kravitz? Probably because just that kind of thing can happen. Because there there are pictures of his full dick out, man. Oh wow! It, I mean, if people, if women all over the world like had posters of me in their bedrooms. It is Maybe I wouldn't God, wear underwear either. It is, honest to God, one of the funniest pictures in existence. Because <laughs> is it, his it, face just like like the oops. video of it? The video, no, because that's the thing is the video of it. It pops and he immediately jumps up, but someone catches a picture right in the moment and it's bust open and he's just just flying out like you know like <laughs> I don't know something that flies out. <laughs> Wonder if and I'll he's he's in that he's in a sort of rock pose like yeah again. with it with just. Just full dong coming at you. It wow. is so damn funny. Lenny's Kravitz. Yeah. Almost as funny as his giant scarf incident. <laughs> I do remember do him with so scarves. Lenny Kravitz? Oh, I don't know, because, I mean, everybody kind of makes fun I of him. I to but get away from this. <laughs> he was a talented performer, you yeah. know? Yeah, I don't, I, don't really have, I don't really have beef with Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, I mean, who, who, who has beef with Lenny Kravitz? Why would you? So uh, Zoe Kravitz, so Kravitz, the daughter of Lenny be, and Lisa she Bonet, be that Catwoman. she'll be Catwoman. She's Please. been in some good stuff. She's been in just Mad Max. Sure that, just make sure they're Fury Road. Yeah, I love them. Like Mad Max Fury Road with uh, John Wick are like top tier of the last you know ten years of movies yeah. that I will probably watch over and over again periodically throughout my life. Yeah, they're definitely rewatch. There's so much going on in them. Is is the thing? Oh yeah. Vic- they're definitely rewatchable. So visually stunning, and the the performances in him, top notch. Charlize Theron is so damn good in Fury Road. Oh yeah. So, the Batman movie we talked about that. Um, I'm I'm glad that Jonah Hill kind of backed out, and I don't dislike Jonah Hill, but I just didn't see him as anybody in a Batman movie. Because he's just kind of that dry, sarcastic. Like, is that what you want in a Batman movie? Really dry, sarcastic? I mean, hey, that's kind of DC's movie brand, though. <laughs> yeah. Not right? so much with Batman, though. Batman's either serious or campy. I would, I am telling you, I would adore if if the first trailer for The Batman came out and they're like, we're going to have that, we're going to have that Adam West mouthfeel. I would be like, this is the greatest day of my life. The Adam West mouthfeel? This is the greatest day of my life. They have finally, they have finally figured out what they should be doing. Which um, I saw a tweet today of Jason Alexander being like, "Jonah Hill backed out on Penguin. Come on, guys!" I'm like, "Yes, yes, do this thing." Was it supposed to be Penguin? Because I kept hearing Riddler. Well, they that was what the Paul Dano is Riddler. Which you don't want hear, everybody in it. Every time I hear Paul Dano, Dano I get it confused with Evan Dando. Is it Dano or the, Dano? Is it Dano? Are we saying think, it wrong? I swear I've heard Dano. I've heard both, I think. I swear. I've seen him in some pretty good stuff, though. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's in There Will Be Blood, right? Yes. He was in another movie that was like a it was like a spy movie. Was it uh, like one of the Crank movies or something like that? I, think. <laughs> I couldn't tell you that. I think it was a Jason Statham movie. And, <laughs> Jason Statham. And he, he was supposed to save the Paul Dano character because he was like some uh, tech wizard that had the answers to solve the problem of the movie and then you find out that he's actually the bad guy it was a nice twist to it a second layer upon the character so i think he's gonna do a good job i actually found somebody else that didn't like the joker i was talking that that movie joker yeah i I was talking to joe Mackey, 
I was opening for him last weekend at Wise Guys, and he didn't care for it either. And he's got friends that are in it. Sam Morell is in it just for a split second. He's like best friends with Joe. And then, you know, he knows Gary Goldman. I've opened for Gary Goldman before. And he's in it just for a minute. He tells a joke, and that's about it. Yeah. But, I mean, there was other comics in there, too. There was Mark Marin. There was uh, Brian Callen. There was <laughs> quite Mar- a few Mark comics. Mark Marin, who I, the second that the pay, he had his hand on the paycheck, started talking shit about that movie? Um, No, he was more making fun of, like, uh, Marvel movies and stuff like that. I don't think he was making Mark fun Marin? of the Joker. Yeah. No, Mark Marin was talking about Todd Phillips in particular. Oh, really? Was talking about like, uh, huh. you know, uh, you're full of crap about you. you can't you can't be funny anymore stuff. Oh, I didn't hear that. So that's just in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Marin okay. came out on that and was like baloney. Well, I mean, I think maybe what he's talking about is stuff like there was stuff in the um God, what were those movies called? The crappy, uh, you know, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Uh, oh, the Hangover? The Hangover movies, yeah. There's stuff in there that would not be acceptable now. Uh, and maybe that's as far as he can... Hey, look, man. Try to be you, funny. I don't know. You have to You have to evolve. No, I agree. Mel Brooks is hilarious. He, he couldn't make... Uh, what's it called? Uh, he couldn't make Blazing Saddles now. And I don't think he's going to ever be out there going like, Oh, I can't make Blazing Saddles right. in 2019. But I think... I think where, where the problem comes in is when people go back and start judging Blazing Saddles upon like today's standards. It's like I don't Whoa. think you get I don't think you get that a lot. At least oh, not, it happens all the I time. Mean, Remember I mean, John look, Wayne? People were going out and trying to cancel John, John Wayne. Wayne was Guess a, what? He's been dead for as long as I've been alive. John Wayne was a monster even for the time standards. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean those quotes are pretty bad. <laughs> I'm not going to try and defend John Wayne because I read them. I was like, John Wayne wow. was a monster for the day standards who was lionized for, you know, roles that he played. If you haven't heard the John Wayne quotes, it's very similar to the monologue that Leonardo DiCaprio has in Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> I like Django Unchained. I haven't watched. That I movie. love Django Unchained. I, I told you in the in the wake of of, of Dear Robert. Or, or, no, I guess I didn't tell you that in. Because I watched oh, Robert uh, Forrester. I watched yeah, El Camino last week, and Robert Forrester's in that. I'd fr- uh, El Camino was an interesting education for me in that I think I watched Breaking Bad, and I'm doing finger quotes wrong. Oh, I was really? one of the type of people who watched Breaking Bad and didn't really get the whole like Walter White utterly became a monster through that show. Like I think up until the end, I was kind of like, ah, well, you know, like. Walter, you were rooting for him still? It, it was just, yeah, I, I got in that camp of like, man, Walter really needs to get his shit together. And <laughs> and I had forgotten he was he was really bad to Jesse, the was character he? in El Camino. But, um, you know, Robert Forrester's in that, and I adore Jackie Brown. And I haven't watched it in a long time. And seeing Robert Forrester, I was just like, boy, I, I got to revisit that. Because he's even, like, Robert, For- Robert Forrester as an actor is like pure charm it's just a guy who can talk in a way that you're like god i love that guy yeah yeah so he was better in that than uh de niro i think this is probably going to be controversial i think de niro was really overrated you think so i think so i think de niro can turn it on and i don't think he blows me away in anything i've seen but i i haven't seen taxi driver or raging bull but like the newer stuff, I've seen a lot of his newer stuff, and it's like I think eh. yeah, I think that's probably what like. Have you seen Heat? 
I've seen parts of Heat. I haven't Heat's finished actually, it. Heat is a good De Niro, and I think Heat is maybe one of our... When he, I'd have to look. I think Heat's before Scent of a Woman, huh. but like uh, Pacino is very, very Pacino in, in parts of it. So, like, I, I remember seeing Ronan, like, six months ago. I'd never seen it before, and I was how like, is, this how, is... How'd Ronan feel? I didn't think it was anything special at all. There were some good car chases in maybe, it. Maybe, But uh, I thought De Niro was super out of place in Maybe De Niro was like, movie. is it cilantro? Is cilantro the thing that, like, either you like it or it tastes like I don't like know. Soap? I mean... Maybe De Niro's your cilantro. I think the problem is, is when De Niro's trying to be funny, he's not capable of being funny. And that's another thing me and Joe were talking about was... Why do they keep putting Robert De Niro in comedy roles? Because uh, he's not stuff funny. Like, stuff like analyze this hit. But he wasn't being funny in that. that that's what Every, they, everybody around him was being funny. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's he's just he's a straight man. For he's a good he's he's very good at at straight man intimidation. And under the right circumstances. I think I liked analyze this. I'm probably not going to watch it again, but I think I liked it. And it's it's that that like him and boy analyze this was. Was Analyze This Ben Stiller's big breakout kind of thing? I don't think he was in that. That was Billy Crystal. You're thinking Meet the Parents. Oh, Meet the Parents. Yeah. I get another, I, another I get that. mistake. I get Analyze This, I get Meet the Parents, and I get Anger Management. Those are all completely... Hmm. What was... Oh, was Analyze This was De Niro, though, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it, yeah, and I think it's that. It's either you get like a Ben Stiller or you get a Billy Crystal to kind of be really anxious around them and like, oh, I don't want to... I don't want to step over the line with this guy. Well, De Niro just does kind of a De Niro performance. Yeah, I just I've never been blown away by anything I've seen him in. He, That's just me. But it, I, like I similar. said, I haven't seen his most iconic early stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say it's I like should him probably and, go back and watch him and that. Pacino, like you'll watch their stuff now, and it can be a little hit miss. Like Pacino, Pacino, I think can turn it on here and there. Like you know, he's good. He's good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like Pacino, I I, 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 I think Pacino's better than De Niro. Boy, you know, I, I don't know. Tough call. It's just I, I, it almost feels like it's a mood thing. Like I, uh, I'm going to give myself homework. I'm going to watch Raging Bull and Taxi Driver and Heat. I feel like, and really, I will come back and report on. That. I would be questionable whether or not you would like Taxi Driver or Taxi Raging Driver Bull. is what Joker is based on a lot. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to like like it. The deer deer hunter is excellent. Is he in the deer hunter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew John Voight and uh, Christopher Walken were in it. I didn't know. Is it? He's in Godfather Part Two. Have you ever seen the Godfather movies? I think I've I've seen the original. They're worth they're worth a go through. Um, I don't know offhand necessarily, but like, I'm going to give De Niro a fair chance. I mean, it's the same thing with Pacino. If if you've kind of been overloaded on his later life, like. Post send of a woman like I'm a I'm Pacino yeah. kind of performances, you would do yourself a favor like some of his earlier, some of his earlier stuff like Dog Day Afternoon is just like it's it's like I'm watching a completely different. It's like when you listen to like '90s Aerosmith albums and then you, <laughs> then you listen to Dream On like this is <clears throat> this isn't even the same band right no yeah I didn't know that was Aerosmith to be honest with exactly yeah. what you're saying finding out that's Aerosmith is like. This this isn't about being horny. How is this Aerosmith? Yeah. Pink. It's my new favorite color. Yeah. Like you can't you can't hear any scarves in it. <laughs> oh, I was also going to say uh, Paul Dano was in a movie called Swiss Army Man that you might be familiar with. I haven't seen it, but I know of it. It is a weird. It is an extremely weird movie that I th- I think is good. I think I liked it. Okay. It's one of those ones. You ever? 
I don't know, maybe you could say off the top of your dome, you ever watch a movie that really, like you watch it and go, man, I think the feeling I'm feeling is that I like this movie, but it was so off or different that like, I, it's so unconventional that I, it's hard to approach it from like, did I enjoy this or not? I'm trying to think of an example of, I mean, I, I kind of felt conflicted about Joker. Like, yeah. I know I appreciated it. And it definitely was a well-made, good movie, but it didn't make me feel good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, the, I walked out of the theater feeling bummed out. Have you heard of the movie? And that's why I, do, I say I don't like it. Have you heard of the movie Spring Breakers? Uh, is that the one with James Franco in it? Yes. I've heard of it, James but Franco, I've never seen it. James Franco 100% being riffraff. Okay. The white rapper. And it's got all the like the little teenage singers yes. in it. It is. It's difficult to recommend because um, I think that's a brilliant movie, almost despite myself. Okay. Um, there's some really cool stuff in it. It's hard to recommend because it's front loaded with a lot of like spring break nudity type stuff. But it's it is a movie that, like I said, almost despite myself, I'm like that. That movie's brilliant. It is hmm. super brilliant. I feel kind of weird when I watch it. Is it a horror movie? No, no. It's it's kind of just a crime movie. Okay. Almost a heist movie. I'm trying to think um, Cabin in the Woods maybe yeah because it was just so different and it just switched where it started out as one movie and became something different it is so long since I've seen Cabin in the Woods that I kind of remember there being a big switch in it and I kind of remember what the switch was but I remember very 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 little of it but it was one of those where I was like I like this but man it was weird yeah but yeah Yeah. it it was a good movie Especially the Happy Death Day to You, the sequel, was so different than what I thought it was going to be. But that that's less of a, like, you know, weirdness and more just like, wow, they this is this is not really a slasher movie anymore. <laughs> but regardless. I watched some uh, Halloween stuff this weekend. Yeah, you told me some about that. Yeah. I, really, I want to get your I want to get your hot takes. You, you watched uh, you watched the Dark Universe, the original, the OG Dark Universe. So I didn't watch all of them. But I watched uh, Dracula and The Wolfman and The Invisible Man. I haven't gotten to uh, what else is left. Uh, like Creature from the Black Lagoon, I think, and The Two Frankensteins. I haven't gotten to those yet. But my report is uh, Dracula's still boring. <laughs> Dracula. I heard someone on a podcast. It really about is boring. It. I can't. I I can't remember. I think it probably was. How did this get made? Someone made some mention about seeing Dracula and being like, "Boy, it, we have really come a long way in what scares people." I think it's a cool movie to put on in the background. Yeah, and it'll kind of make little kids feel a little scared, is but it, not like terrify them. Is it Bella Lugosi? Yep. Dracula. Bella Any, Lugosi. Anything in that performance that's like, "Wow, check out the this uh, guy in this movie that's boring me." I mean, it. He's sort of charming when he's talking to humans, and then he does the Dracula, the Dracula thing. It's it's fine. Uh, I think the guy that plays Rinsfield is probably the the best actor in the movie. He's like going over the top and being pretty crazy. Huh. He's fun to watch. Uh, I think the Wolfman might be my favorite of all of those. It seems like just the best actual story arc. Like it's trying to accomplish something. Invisible Man? Invisible Man is interesting because (laughs) he becomes invisible and he he also goes crazy. So it's just him. 
he he has to wrap himself in bandages and have wear this costume but he's like terrible to everyone he meets he just he pushes them downstairs or he screams (laughs) at them he's just a horrible horrible bastard and you really don't you don't root for him at all. <laughs> You'd rather watch uh, Hollow Man to get those sweet, sweet CGI invisible dongs. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Elizabeth Shoe's in that one, though. I do remember that. Is that right? I love I love Elizabeth Shoe. So they're fun. I mean, put them on in the background. Just give it a watch. The sets are cool. That's kind of what you think of when you think of like Halloween and monster movies. You think of these classic. Yeah, those, things. They're not even very long, are they? No, I think they're they're less than an hour and a half. Lon Chaney Jr., he's not a very good actor. Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like if if I was in a movie, that's probably how I would be acting too. Where, <laughs> where did you watch these? Just my son bought them, so oh, we okay. just watched them at home. I have to look around and see if they're available. But I, I there's some fun stuff in the Wolfman. I like the sets. Uh, you know where they're in the forest and there's you know the the fog coming up and yeah. and he's got that iconic thing where he comes around the tree and you see his face for the first time just an iconic picture i think we we kind of romanticize some of that stuff to where we think it's a classic and then you go back and watch it and you're like well this is kind of boring but it's cool to look at and just cool to have on but they're fun it's it's less fun than watching like a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer at Christmas because those are actually fun. These are just kind of like plotting. and But that's how movies were made back then. They didn't have five storylines going like, like a Quentin Tarantino movie does. It was one storyline that followed all the way through until the end. But go give them, go give them a shot. Have some fun with I, it. I feel like I, I have not done my due diligence in that I, I I should have seen these. Oh, you haven't seen them at all. I don't think I in have. your whole life. Yeah. Well, you should definitely see them. You will be checking your phone while it's going though. <laughs> I'm I, not gonna lie to you. Look, Travis, I'm gonna give you a spoiler. I kind of have a bad habit of doing that when I'm watching just about anything. It's I I caught myself looking at my phone quite a lot, and I was like, oh come on, this is Dracula. You got to watch it. But it, it there was some boring stuff in it. Are you usually do you, are you usually fairly disciplined that you don't play with your phone when you're watching stuff? Uh, it depends. Depends on what's going on. If I'm actually tracking something or uh, like texting somebody, then it's whatever. But usually, I try to be in the moment a little bit more. It makes it more enjoyable. So that's your challenge. Watch those movies, <laughs> boy. You know what? We'll see. Uh, boy, were you into the Bone comics at all? Uh, Bone is definitely a blind spot with me. My son has every single one. He loves it. He t- he basically says it's like uh, Lord of the Rings with cartoon characters in the middle of it. That's how he described it to me. But he loves it, and it's yeah, like they're going to be saw, doing a series on Netflix. I definitely, I definitely saw some uh, some like covers of it, and I'm like, well, you got this character Bone, and then it seems like they're they're more kind of uh, less stylized characters I was like huh what's up with that yeah and he's just kind of like a little cartoon guy so i'm gonna i'm gonna read them give them a shot see he says they're really funny so they must be kind of funny oh my god i saw this on twitter earlier and i thought maybe it was a goof so i had to look it up on amazon video right now there is the paul lind 
Halloween special. Oh, I've seen parts of it. <laughs> Is it any yeah, good? Yeah, uh, no, it's terrible. I stopped watching it. I wanted to enjoy it, and I was like, this is just really, really bad. It's maybe I'll give it another minutes try. Long, I might have to force myself through it. I'll, I'll maybe I'll give myself a try if we both uh, watch it and talk about it next week. It oh, might Witchy be fun. Who is in it? Yep, yep, I remember <laughs> that. It's pretty bad. There's a song about all the different seasons in it. Oh, first primetime TV appearance of Kiss. Oh wow, that is historic. Billy Barty. I love Billy Barty. <laughs> Billy Barty. Oh boy, I he was in I've, Willow. He was in. I've got some real Masters of the Universe. He was in a movie called Rumpelstiltskin in the eighties. Did you Craig ever see watched, that? Our buddy Craig watched Masters of the Universe, and he the live action to, one. Yeah, and he was kind of trying to say like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. Like, no, no, buddy, it's. It was it's so really disappointing bad. when I was a kid. I well, wanted to see Eternia. I think he was coming at it from a. He was strictly coming at it from a place of, I don't really know anything about it. Is this sort of sci-fi adventure movie? He knows good? nothing about He-Man? Not really. You know. Wow, how old is he? He's a million years old. Oh my gosh, Craig. You don't know He-Man? He's, a, he's my Jurassic workmate. I mean, I'm old now, but I know what Paw Patrol is, and I don't even have kids that age, but <laughs> I, it's in the zeitgeist enough that I'm aware of it. I, ju- I tried to tell him, like, it... It commits one of the cardinal 80 sins of, we want this to be cheap, so they go to New York. Right. Where, I mean, they should have gone to New Jersey where it's even cheaper. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Nobody so, would second hey, guess those people dressed was, like that. I was going to tell you, because we talked a little about the Batman. The Batman. And there's been a, a you know, the one of the big things is people can't get away from Robert Pattinson having been in Twilight. Right. I watched a, uh, I had recommended to me a movie called Good Time. Good Time. It is kind of a, it's kind of a heist movie. It's, hmm. it's, it's basically um, Robert Pattinson is uh, kind of a, a trash person. <laughs> he's, a, he's just a, a criminal. And he has a brother who. Is he grouchy? He's a little grouchy. He's a little grouchy. No, he's not, he's not a garbage person. I just mean he's a criminal. Okay. A criminal of kind of a white boy, just a white boy, thuggish criminal kind of guy. Okay. And um, he has a brother who has some special needs, who he kind of coerces to, to try to pull a heist with that doesn't go entirely well. And his brother gets caught, but he doesn't. Mm. And it's sort of a seemingly about 24 hours of him trying to get him out of jail. Hmm. And it's like, it's a good showcase of, Hey, if you're worried about that, Robert Pattinson was a vampire. He's been doing some, he's been doing some top notch acting since then. I say, don't judge anybody by the quality of those movies. Anna Kendrick was in those movies. She's done a ton of things and been great in them. Kristen Stewart is a really good actor. Robert Pattinson is a really good actor. There's yeah. there's tons of people that yeah. have been in those movies that have done really good stuff. Yeah. It's just those movies were what they were supposed to be. Those movies were what they were supposed to be. Yes. <clears throat> I told you uh I watched a little bit of Mortal Engines and in that in that same thing is like I I think I'm just to the point like YA movies and books like I I'm just they bounce off me. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I'm too old. Are you saying they need to stop adapting books to movies? No, no, not by any stretch. I'm just saying that like things 
like those sort of YA books, like uh, oh, the young adult uh, insurgent kind of. Yeah, there was what insurgent maze runner, uh, maze runner, like and Twilight. And I don't want to necessarily. What was, the, what was the one with uh, Jennifer Lawrence in it? Why can't I remember? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, yeah. I don't want to. I don't really want to want to dunk on those. They're just they are definitely just not for me. I I think I've seen all the insurgent movies. My wife liked them. She loves YA stuff, so I end up and watching a lot of this my, stuff. My wife is a, a kind of a fan of the, that kind of stuff too. And and please please enjoy it. I just for whatever reason, because I have a you know the the concept behind Mortal Engines of these uh, lumbering mechanical cities that like <laughs> find and consume smaller mechanical cities is kind of like the design on them is pretty cool. And like Hugo Weaving's in it. I really like hugo weaving they're like uh, mechanical hermit crabs yeah <laughs> yes very much so so like the, some of the design and conceit behind it seemed kind of interesting to me but you know just tone wise it kind of it just doesn't do it for me hmm. i don't know man and then so you know so probably a lot of people hold that against twilight and <clears throat> robert pattinson in particular it sounds like he has he got done with that and he just does a bunch of Kind of like A24 indie type stuff that doesn't really reach a mass audience per se. I think I've noticed, and I don't know, maybe I'm just seeing it wrong. But I think the outrage over castings is starting to die down a little bit. It's not, like even Robert Pattinson, there was a lot of people making jokes. And if you're just going to make like jokes about it, okay, whatever. I mean, making jokes is not going to hurt anybody about vampire batman whatever i think sort of it's hacky but it's it's fine but people that were actually like upset i don't think i think it's starting to die down a little bit like i wonder if it's i haven't just seen the, anybody complain about zoe kravitz or paul dano or any of that i wonder if it, if some of it has to do with so much casting is happening so often that there's like casting because i think i've told you this sort of news I, I i have a little bit of casting fatigue of it's just happening so often right that I, I it's pretty hard for me to get excited under just about any circumstances anymore. But there are people out there that have YouTube channels that are pretty much devoted to just being outraged oh, that about stuff's things not going, like that. That stuff's not going away. I know. And it's that's your personality is that you're outraged about something. All right. Whatever. That was a definite mistake that YouTube made is it was the idea of the like we we as a society collectively decided to uplift grouches for a while and it got a little out of control and i think i think youtube is a place that you can't you can't put that genie back in the bottle grouchy people rule youtube Mm -hmm. and twitter yeah twitter is twitter (laughs) can definitely get like that twitter bums me out every time i go to it i don't get that a ton i mainly go just to check news i definitely can get that out of twitter but i think i I followed a relatively de. I, I I don't even have a ton of people that I follow. You know, relatively speaking, I followed a ton of people when I first signed up. Like tons, mostly comics and stuff like that, or actors that I like, musicians, whatever. From what I can tell, of the way most people who've been on Twitter a long time talk about it, there were salad days of Twitter. Like, probably, if anything bums me out much, it is that like probably at least thirty to forty percent of the tweets that I see have some element of what a monster Twitter has become. I think the the most fun I ever had on Twitter was during at midnight because they would do hashtag wars. Did you ever jump in on those? 
Basically, I, they'd I give you a subject. They'd give you a subject, and you'd put whatever hashtag the subject was, and then you'd write your own little jokes about it. Yeah. So it was like. I, don't, I can't even think of an example off the top of my head, but you would you would make a pun or something like that about a movie title or something like that. And that was a lot of fun. I would do that all the time. Yeah. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, I just kind of, I treat Twitter like a an internet forum and I just make bad, bad jumping jokes on most stuff. And I'm not good at it, but it's, it's fun and I... I Nobody's seeing it, and I kind of don't care. There's a funny comic out there. I've never actually met him. I'm, I'm Facebook friends with him, and I'm mutual friends with a lot of his friends. His name's Steve Maison, and he has a, a podcast, Maison Movie Club. And every week, he does a new movie. You know, he'll have a comic on, and they'll watch. They'll watch it and he talk has a about comic on every week. Comic on oh. every week, <laughs> and it, but he'll put out a Facebook post, and basically the. The game is uh, come up with the funniest porn movie parody title of this movie. I might have seen some of those. And it's yeah. fun to do. It's just fun to come up with funny stuff like that, and it's silly. I'll say I prefer Twitter to Facebook at this point. Facebook. I don't like any of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just do them because I feel like I have to. I'm to, to understand where the real traffic at now. Got to get on that TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not on TikTok. I don't foresee that. I don't even do stories on Facebook or I've never Instagram. Done stories on, I don't even watch them. I think it was the one time I did stories on Facebook. I had no idea that when you write a comment that that is like front and center on the picture. So so my dumb dad self, <laughs> I wrote like a long thing about this picture that came up that I put in a story, posted it, and then like my text completely <laughs> covered the picture. I was like, well, <clears throat> yeah, this this tr- this proves to me that Facebook stories are not for me. Yeah, I just and they're gone in a day. It's like they're gone forever. Well, so. good because I did real bad at it. <laughs> yeah, nobody will ever know unless they <laughs> listen to this. <clears throat> so, um, I guess also today news came down. I'd heard a little bit of rumors earlier today, and then the news came down that HBO uh, Max, which I don't know what that means. That got, is, they're combining HBO and the Warner Brothers stuff, so they're going to have. All the HBO series, some of the movies that they, you know, get contracts with, but it, pretty much everything in the Warner Brothers library, and I think all that DC stuff. I know the newer seasons are going to go in there, so I think the Yeesh. older. I think they're probably going to fold it all into this eventually. I can only imagine eventually. that's going to be an upgrade to the current HBO. I can only thing that I imagine. Have. Yeah, I think Whoa. it's all going to it's all going to come in together on that. Because I I would certainly like. I I like me some Miyazaki movies, so if they put all those in there, I'd be having. Yeah, that's a, really cool that they they got the rights to all the Miyazaki movies. Because I thought, I mean, Disney released them here in America, like in the the mid '90s, I think. Yeah, there a are a couple of, of there are a couple two or three of those movies that I have not seen yet, but uh, Studio Ghibli, right? Studio Ghibli stuff, yeah. These are th- these are words that I've heard millions of times in my house. You seen Studio many? Ghibli? You seen many of those? I've seen a few of them. I don't love anime personally, mm. so I, it's not something I'm into. My son loves them a lot. I remember Kiki's Delivery Service. I think that was the first one. Uh, Miyazaki's movies that we saw. Miyazaki's movies for me stand kind of stand above like anime as kind of a more of a nebulous larger right. ball of goo it's similar it's not as much anime as it's kind of like like the pokemon style oh it's more the it's more the visual style that you just don't dig on 
I don't know. Yeah, it's okay to have taste, my man. Yeah, it's just, it just doesn't click with me that much. Hmm, that's fair. Just like most computer animated stuff, unless it's really good, I have zero interest. I have Toy Story 4 at my house. I have zero interest in watching it. Huh. Like, I'm, I think I'm done with Pixar. That's kind of fair. I've, I, I, I think, I'm tired of being manipulated by Pixar. I think I just largely get fatigue. Yeah. No, like it, I get it. Pixar was a every couple of three or four years kind of thing that was like, wow, Pixar's doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, Pixar's doing a thing. And then at some point, that it, it's, I mean, honestly, it's going to come down to when they started doing sequels, it started kind of... Diluting. Started Yeah, started diluting, and it became less special. And they, generally speaking, they're good movies. They're, at the very least, good movies. Yeah, I don't hate them or anything. I just don't have the desire not, to watch yeah, them right I get, now. I get less and less interested with every release. Right. No, me for sure. Any of the any of the computer animated What's stuff. The one I, I, they got some trailer for some new movie of theirs that got like uh, like elf people or something like that in it. Uh, that's a Disney. Is it? I, I think I it's Disney. It maybe it maybe it's Pixar. It's called. Jeez, I can't remember what it's called now. But it's got uh, Tom Holland and. Uh, old what's chris pratt in it oh chris pratt and uh i think julia louis dreyfus plays their mother and they're like no it's a pixar it's their storyland people and it's kind of like if the story it's like shrek it's called onward yeah it, it looks like shrek yeah it does and i i guess that's it too is pixar had a, a really stark style in the mm-hmm. in those days it was pixar and then dreamworks started coming along and there were there were there were differences between right. the Pixar and DreamWorks movie. Whether you know, <clears throat> at the time certainly I like Shrek at the time. Right. I don't know how I feel about how it's aged, but I liked the original one the best. There's a there is a reason why the idea of the uh, DreamWorks face is a meme. Mm-hmm. You fam- you familiar with that? The DreamWorks face. <clears throat> yeah. What's the DreamWorks face? I I cannot do this for audio, but I'm going to do it in front of you, Travis. Okay. So, and I, I, before I had heard about the meme, this was something I kind of had started picking up on anyway, is like, take any DreamWorks movie, grab the poster, and there will be a character on the front of the cover, if not all of them. Who's okay, going like I, know I know what you're saying. Yeah. And. Like one, it's, it's almost face, like The Rock. Yeah. The, the people's eyebrow and the smug look. Yeah. But that, that character Lord will Farquaad. have. There will always be a character in a Pixar movie, or not Pixar, a DreamWorks movie. Who does that face, but also has that attitude? Mm-hmm. You know what I think kind of ruined me for computer animated movies is honestly the Animatrix. No, I don't think I ever saw the Animatrix. No, the the Minions. Sure. I think it's just the min. Like, all right, enough with the Minions. They're not that funny. They go do da do 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 do. They baby talk basically. It's not funny. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Minions <laughs> myself. I didn't even dislike the first movie. I thought the first movie was all right. Despicable Me. But yeah, I'm just like I'm done with minions, and now every single movie that comes out has to have some sort of minion type creature, where there's a hundred and fifty of them, and they just like bump into things and try to be silly. It's just like, all right, grow I'm, up, I'm animated features. Yeah, that's get more have, adult. That's why you have Miyazaki. Computer animated adult movies you have these really great <laughs> animated features about like girls getting kidnapped and sent to demon worlds, and you know. Uh, like Princess Mononoke is just basically a story about how humans are killing the environment. Well, maybe I'll give them a then, try now that I'm older. I mean, Grave of the Fireflies is one that I've never seen, and that one's more of like I, I think Grave of the Fireflies isn't even really a fantastical movie. Hmm. 
Maybe I'll give them a try. I was like 19 when I was started when I was watching them. Mm. So it's been a while. Like uh, um, Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle are two pretty good ones that are just fun kind of romps. So, mm. or I mean, you know, if you if you really just want to shut off and just watch a a more kiddish movie, uh, my na- my neighbor Totoro was one that I got to watch with Gabe when he was still fairly young and. He still he he still kind of likes that movie. I want a director's cut where it's my neighbor Totoro and it's John Totoro. <laughs> my neighbor Totoro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, make it happen, Hollywood. I don't know. I I, I was going to try and do a Totoro. Then I'm like, I you don't know how to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think I can even hear his voice in my head. I right I was talking with my good friend Chester. We were talking about Uncut Gems, which also, by the way, that movie Good Time was directed by the guy who's directing Uncut Gems. If you you saw that trailer, right? Oh, the Sandler Adam Sandler. Movie? Yeah, that looks pretty intense. Like Adam Sandler is looking very Totoro in that movie. Yeah, a little bit. That's fair. I don't understand why they're making a a movie about Jesus from. Uh, uh, I think it's the been, Big Lebowski. I think it's been kind of a pet project by Totoro. I know, but wasn't he a child molester? Yes. Why? Oh, first I, of all, why make him a child molester? I guess we'll find out. You can make him a creep. Why? Why make him a child molester in the I, first place? If my memory serves me from Big Lebowski, I think it was. I think it was pitched more like he was a creep who got caught and was having to. It was one of those things where he had to go door to door and and uh, tell people that he was a sex offender. Which also, for what it's worth, I don't. I can't even remember if they implied what exactly the Jesus had done in that. Just I just know that they had they talked about how he had to go door to door and tell people he was mm. a sex offender. I have known at least one person who had to do that. Who the circumstances of how he got on the sex registry, the sex offenders registry, was. Um. Not, I mean, not pedophilia. So. For interpretation, I think when you have to go door to door and tell people that, that's the assumption. Okay, so he's not necessarily a straight up child molester. It, it was just like he he done something he ought not have, but right. the punishment for it was having to go door to door every time okay. he lived somewhere and have to tell people. So maybe I'm remembering I'm on this it registry. wrong. Again, stories that I stories that I can't tell on a podcast. So, uh, yeah, it's that's probably for the best. Yeah, we want to protect some people, right? I was on TV this week. That was interesting. Wait, was it because you're on the sex adventures? No, 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 not at all. New TV star. No, I was Travis on Day. Fox 13. Yeah. Good day, Utah. Yeah, good day. Good day, Utah. I said good day, Utah. Good day, Utah. That was a lot of fun. Rich Bonaducci had me on. Got to talk about my upcoming show. That was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Got to do a science segment. You got you got bumped for uh for well, honestly I didn't get bumped. I misunderstood. I thought my segment was gonna be eight forty five, oh. so that was there at like a quarter to eight. Oh. And they're like, No, I just wanted you to be here by eight forty five. I was I, like, Well I I felt a little bad because I, I had it on streaming at work. I just wanted oh, yeah? to see you on there. And on your Facebook page, I was just running a goof on and I said something like you mean I'm watching this band for nothing? And you <laughs> kind of laughed at it. And then Rich Bonaducci liked it. I'm like, oh, am I being a dick? <laughs> no, I think it, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm like, I, I, I don't want to be mean to you. Or I don't want to be an outside jerk to you, guy I don't know. It's true what they say, though, about being on camera is 
I did not know what to do with my hands. I was like, I saw Rich put his hand in his pocket. So I was like, well, I'm going to try putting my hand in my pocket. And I was like, well, that seems weird. We both have our hand in our pocket. weird because so <laughs> at some point you started throwing gang signs. I know. I was like, I, I started doing this thing where I, I like had my the, fingertips together. I like I was do the thing where you meditate spell blood. <laughs> it was, it is a weird thing. It, it feels unnatural. Like where do my hands go now? Huh. <laughs> I've never had that problem before, but yeah. But it was a lot of fun. It I was, would have one hundred. It was cool to be on the there. Dumbest things if I had been on camera. I I haven't watched it because I don't have a DVR. <laughs> My wife recorded it on her phone from the TV. I, I just haven't watched it yet. But I felt like it went pretty good. I mean, those everybody there is pros. They know what they're doing. They they kind of like helped me through it. So it was well, most, if not all of them, have been doing it for a good while. Yeah, I think. it was like I had a life jacket, and they were just kind of towing me through the river. The the Bonaduce has certainly been around for a yeah. long. Yeah, they took care time. of me. Let me. I dropped some jokes in there. It was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Glad I got to do it. So, uh, obviously, we, you can't really promote it right now. Yeah, it's after the fact. You're now. gonna be doing it tomorrow. How you how you feeling? You feeling hungry? Ah. Uh, you feeling strong? I feel good. I know I'm gonna put on a good show. I just hope there's people well, there. I, I knew so. that you would. Yeah, my I, I'm perfectly. I'm, I might try. I'm gonna try something different during <gasps> during the check drop. I'm gonna try and do some impressions. Oh, <laughs> oh, Travis, I have obligations that I have to get to on tomorrow. <laughs> I kind of i I was there for your first foray into on stage impressions, and it was it was pretty great. I will do. I'll do uh, John Goodman. Have you done any other impressions since then? No, Ooh. I don't. I don't do them on stage. I think I'm just gonna do them just while there's a check drop because nobody's paying attention during the check drop. Everybody's trying to, you know, do math and, you know, figure out what their bill was, make sure they didn't get overcharged or whatever. So everybody's kind of distracted. So I think that'd be a fun time just to throw out like, hey, let, let's try this and see how it goes. And then and then I can go back in and, and close up the show nice and tight. God speed, Travis Date. I think it'll be fun. I'm just going to state that I am not an impressionist, but I just like doing them for fun because I do. That's why I do them in life and I do them on here because because they're fun to do. So I'm, I'm going to give it a go. Maybe I'll chicken out. I don't know. If you're at the show and you're listening to this and I didn't do it, that means I chickened out. I mean, Travis, you're a professional comedian. You will do what's known as reading the room. That's true. Right? That's true. Maybe I'll just throw some impressions in there. Just throw another impression. Ooh, will you do Paul Hogan? Paul Hogan? I don't, I don't think I do <laughs> Throw Paul another Hogan. impression on the Barbie? <laughs> he wasn't even that. Was, he wasn't that guy. Who was the throw a shrimp on the Barbie guy? Was I don't know. guy? I don't know. But you know what? There I was saw an somebody battery guy. He wasn't that guy. Somebody said I can't remember. I think it was a comic. They said no Australian says throw another shrimp on the Barbie because Australians call them prawns. Do they now? Yeah, oh. they they call shrimp prawns, so they would never say throw another shrimp on the Barbie. I I, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google throw another shrimp on the Barbie and we'll all right, see look what it up. Did. What was what was the energizer? There was like a, a battery. Was That's what I was saying. Like, do right, stay right, the the oi. Yeah, oi. <laughs> I don't know what that dude's thing was. I think he was just an energetic guy. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, okay, we've brought up Paul Hogan. We brought up the energizer guy. We brought up another shrimp on the Barbie. All we have left, we're gonna bring up the other Australian. Steve Irwin. No, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Steve Irwin's right, but from that era. <laughs> We have to briefly talk about Yahoo Serious. Briefly is the right word because he he had one movie. He had two. He he had Young Einstein. He had right? Young Einstein and 
uh, uh, I think it was Reckless Kelly was what it was called. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I don't. I still have Yahoo no idea. Yahoo Serious. I have no idea where Yahoo Serious came from. I have no idea where he went. Did he invent Yahoo? No, we didn't have that yet. <laughs> I know. Is that's why I'm saying he's he you was said, young did he Einstein. Yahoo? Did he I'm invent like, Yahoo? The chocolate drink. I'm like, no, no, that's, that's you. That's you. That's you. No, the search engine. The the email address that I still have, and people give me crap for it. But I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't want to update everything again. I'm just going to stay with it. No, I, I still have a Hotmail account. I, I got a I got a fairly good Hotmail name, so I want to stick with it. What was your first email address? Uh, Maybe not like the, the address, but the carrier. Mine was Earthlink. Can't remember. Honestly, can't remember. It was something at it Earthlink. Might be, I can't remember it what. It could very well be my Hotmail account. It could very well be that. I don't know. Maybe there's all sorts of... like really important emails on there that you haven't checked in Very 20 doubtful. years. <laughs> Travis, I've lived my life for 42 years now. I don't know if I've ever gotten an important email in that time. I'm going to contact Earthlink today. Are they even in business? No, anymore? it's saying uh, Paul Hogan classics and uh, shrimp on the Barbie. Well, I guess an American wrote it and he said it. Most likely. There's, there's a shrimp on the Barbie Wikipedia even. Wow. I guess it was Paul Hogan in an advertisement. Throw another shrimp on so the barbie. Yeah, it was an Australian Tourism Commission starring Paul Hogan from 84 that he would say throw another. The actual spoken quote by Hogan, which seems lewd at this point, is, I'll slip an extra shrimp on the barbie for you. I think it's most famous now from Dumb and Dumber. That, that There was a video for that as well. Because the he pulls up, he climbs into the back of the limo, rolls down the window, asks the asks the lady, "Where are you from?" She says, "Austria." And he goes, "Ah, throw another shrimp on the bobby." <laughs> People are like that, though. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's I'm sure that's funny from that movie, but like I've seen people basically be like that. No, I, I have too. All right, we should probably wrap this 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 fella up. So, yeah. Trav, you you had a bit of a you had a bit of a real one of a week. Yeah, so we're gonna maybe we're gonna maybe pump the brakes a little bit on on I'm, the, I'm the gonna magic. Of I'm mics. gonna skip magic mic this week. One because it usually tears my throat up, and I've got to do an hour of stand up tomorrow, so I don't need my throat to be torn up. That's a good. And call. two, I did kind of have a bummer of a week, and my my one of our dogs died, and I know there's a lot of terrible things going on in the world, and it, it seems silly. Do not discount the <laughs> passing of of a dog because that. Like we know. had her since she was a puppy. We probably had her eleven, almost twelve years, and she's just she was like the best dog. Her name was Molly, and uh, she got sick really fast. We ended, uh, we found out she had cancer, and she had a mass inside of her ribs, so we didn't know it was there. She just started losing weight real fast, and like as the day progressed, this is like right after I got home from TV. You know, I went outside with her and noticed she was walking funny, and we noticed she she lost some weight. We made a we made an appointment with the vet, couldn't get her in for two days, and then finally, like a few more hours go by, and I'm like, she's getting worse. We need to do something now. So we took her to a 24 hour uh, vet. It was an hour away from our house, and within five minutes of them having her, uh, I guess her heart stopped, and they had to give her CPR and bring her back and. That's when they found the mass. So she ended up, her heart stopped again. And we, you know, we decided to, you know, not give her CPR and make her suffer. And it's just really tough. 
And then they, they give us a bill for a thousand dollars on top of that. Like, sorry, your dog died and hey, you owe, you owe us a thousand dollars by the way. Doggo Medicare for like, all get on it. People it's so it's been, it's been a rough week and I mean, more so than anything, it's, you know, losing, losing a, a really great pet. She was an amazing dog. She was the perfect dog. Always happy, even up to the last minute. One of the reasons we didn't know she was sick is she was still, every time she saw us, she'd wag her tail, she'd lick our face. She was still, she was always a puppy, is what it was. I mean, she was, she was probably almost twelve years old, but she was always, always acted like a puppy, and she was just a lot of fun. And so, I mean, it kind of stinks. It, it, it just really sucks. And I'm, I'm still, it's still affecting me. It's been almost a week, and. It's still just kind of bumming me out. So I am genuinely sorry for your loss. Like oh, you thanks. said, you said up front of that is like, oh, I know there's bad stuff going on in the world. Like seriously, do not discount. Like number one, you know, Travis, I'm gonna lecture you now. Number one, own own your your heartbreaks. Yeah. Like, look, man. Yes. Hey, I'm 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 with you. Bad stuff going on out there. <laughs> right. Don't. Don't become so callous that you won't acknowledge the heartbreaks in your life because there's, you know, because the world's on fire. Right. So, and then on top of that, like, man, dogs are, dogs are special. I have at least one dog that I have a questionable relationship at best with. <laughs> the, he, you know, I have a, I have a mini Australian shepherd who is a rather anxious dog and, and also a very possessive dog. And he and I just kind of don't and, and hey travis you've met him he does not care for men no he doesn't like me at all <laughs> and but I, lo- I i still love him and when and if well not if it, it, it's inevitable when when he passes it's gonna hit me really hard yeah it, i think the thing that i struggle with is i, I took her in there i, I kind of feel like it would have been better for her if she had just passed away at home but if i had known or if I didn't take her in, I wouldn't have known why why she died, and her passing away at home it would have like eaten me alive. Thinking if I'd have just taken her to to the vet, maybe they could have saved her. So I mean, there's it's just kind of one of those crappy things. But she yeah. was a great dog, and well, it just kind of sucks. <laughs> it does. Uh, it's about a year ago. Uh, my wife and I, shortly after we got married. Uh, got a little Shisu that we named Hitomi because I'm a nerd, <laughs> and uh, later to be shortened to just calling her Tomi. And uh, you know we had her for a good 14 years, and we just put her down last year, and it hit us all, hit my family really hard because mm-hmm. you know we love the dog, right? And honestly, we let her live longer than she should have, and. I feel a little bad about it. I was selfish. I did not want to say goodbye to this thing that was, right. you know, very special to me. So That's the one thing that does make me feel okay is she was still happy, right? It's not like she was, yeah, that's I good. don't know. I guess they said the mass probably burst and that's what caused her to oh, wow. having a hard time breathing and Forever. stuff like that. But clear up to the end, she was still, the day before I was out in the yard with her because I was building that stupid chicken coop. Yeah, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy, her last few years, uh, David Harbour based his Grouch character largely ah. on, on poor old Tommy. See, the day before, though, Molly's out there on chewing up a rawhide. She's got it in between her paws like she always would, and she's tugging at it, and she just looks at me and chewing it up like it's bubble gum. Just typical Molly behavior. Mm-hmm. She she was happy right got up to, to the be, end. Got so. to be happy up to the end. So Yeah. You just she wish you could have dogs for much longer. Yes, 
Yes. It's tough. One and we still dad. have another dog. Her name's Lily. And she's just, she, every time we go by the door, she's like, are you bringing Molly in? Where's Molly? And I mean, she's just looking throughout the whole house. Going every time a door opens up that's shut, she goes in there to see if that's where Molly is. Like she, ha- <laughs> oh. she doesn't understand the concept because we didn't bring Molly home. We, we had her cremated. We figured yeah. that was I wasn't going to bury her in the yard or yeah. anything like that. She's she's a medium sized dog. She was a bit big for that. So, mm. but yeah, she Lily just doesn't understand the concept of why Molly's not there. And Lily's actually older than Molly. They and, bring a lot of joy to our lives. Yeah. So anyway, way to bum everybody out, Travis. So that said, <laughs> if you liked this tragic tale, please, we would love it if you would rate our pod. Well, first of all, subscribe to our podcast. As stated previously, late to the party of the Travis Tate. We would love it if you would subscribe to it. Please uh, give us a rating. Five stars are certainly preferable. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind, just write a one sentence, if not more, review. It's how we become visible. Get the word out there. Please tell your friends. We just want to. We just want to give you good entertainment, if possible. Right. Um, uh, speaking of, if you have any, if you got anything to tell us, later to the tater at gmail.com is our email address. We're, look, it's been a long time coming. I'm still waiting for that Trav Jake slash fic. I'm not going <laughs> to give up on that. So uh, hit us up. We love to hear. Uh, Blue Wave Theory does our music. They're generous to do so. Indeed. Hearts, five stars. Uh, before we buck out of here, Trav, you got any? Is there anything? Uh, I know you're playing tomorrow, but that's not going to do us much good. You got um, anything else coming up? Just that- follow me for when I'm. Follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at, at Travis Tate Funny uh, on Facebook. I usually post when I'm doing shows. So you can keep track of me there. I'm gonna try and go and do some out of state tours again next year, so that should be fun. Uh, also, at the end of this show, I'm going to tag on the the Fanex Spectacular that included uh, uh, people from Cutscenes and Cupcakes and the movies that make us and stuff. We're talking about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And this was before uh, Sony and before Disney they, reached an agreement. Before they did the thing that we kind of knew they were going to do. But there's, there's still some some good points being made in there. Rich Bonaducci's on that one, actually, too. Hey. So, yeah, it's gone full, full circle. So I'm going to uh, piggyback that on the end of this episode too <laughs> it's the rich bonaducci oroboros <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and it was really cool having having all those folks good times so i i listened to it already it's a fun cast all right i cool think people. that i think that's it so for all the furry little good boys and girls out there this has been late to the party with travis tate i'm jake and i'm travis tate and better tate than never and bye molly Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And we have a whole table full of guests. So we're just going to go around, have everybody introduce, them, introduce themselves and where you're from. Starting here. Hey, I'm Travis Tate. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm here at, at Fanex. I have a podcast called Late to the Party with Travis Tate. Half of my equipment is on this, so it's a, it's a co-podcast. It is a co-podcast. We're going <laughs> to combine it. <laughs> I'm Colin Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Kiki Furia, cosplayer, gamer, all-around nerd. <laughs> uh, I'm Zach. I'm Colin Soulmate. <laughs> I'm Marley Haywood from the Cutscenes and Cupcakes podcast. Uh, I'm Stefan Watson from Cracked Brain podcast. I'm Lindsay Goodwin from the Cutscenes and Cupcakes podcast. Ooh, cut. you have me a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Rich Bonaducci with Fox 13. I'm an average black dude that does dope shit. <laughs> Jay, don't mess up my podcast. I'm oh, sorry. All right. I'm Jay Washington from Collider Live, Collider Movie Talk, host of the Mad Titan Podcast, resident super villain, and a whole lot more. There we go. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm James Estrada, a nerdy at-home dad, uh, formerly of Geek Parenting Podcast. You should go listen to it, even though I'm not on it. And I think, is that? Yeah. That's everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys. This is awesome. This is a great panel of podcasters and nerds and geeks that we've got going on here. I'm just an average black dude. (laughs) <laughs> Your microphone <laughs> does not like that. That is, that so is Jay's, Jay's, Jay's mic keeps going down. I don't know what to think about that. But right. so this is what this is what happened last time we were here at FanX is we we kind of started this tradition where we get a whole room full of people that are passionate uh, about nerds and uh, a topical subject. And last time we did this, we talked about the Star Wars trailer, and it was chaos, but it was amazing. It was so much fun. And now we are going to tackle Spider Man. And I just want to say it's chaos again. Look at all of these cords on the table. None of them are like, labeled. None of them have. Is like, <laughs> You're a CD is a we need to bring you a cable management specialist. <laughs> we can't afford a cable management specialist. <laughs> Can we all get right. an intern? Well, so I want why to are we talking about Spider-Man, Val? Okay, so one, I love Spider-Man. So yeah. that's the first reason why. Two, there is a ton of stuff going on about Spider-Man and will he or won't he with everything in Sony and Disney. Also, Tom Holland is at FanX and so I figured he's here. Most of us at, at the table have touched him in some way um, in the last couple of days. And it's not exactly how it sounds. No, no, it is. It is. It's how it sounds. Um, I have a he wasn't wearing his consent card. So, <laughs> so we got, I, I we got like a picture <laughs> as a group with Tom Holland. It wasn't creepy at all. It was creepy. <laughs> I saw the you. picture. You made it I creepy and picture. I love it. It was the best birthday present ever. Thank you to my podcast family. So basically nothing is off the table. You can talk about Spider-Man animated. You can talk about the old Spider-Man movies. You can talk about the new Spider-Man movies. You can talk about whether you think Disney is actually going to bring them back in, even though they said they closed the door, but we all know that could change tomorrow. So just jump in. Let's talk about the Spidey. What about erotic uh, fan fiction? No. <laughs> Dad said what about, no. What about Dad the no. Indian Spider-Man movie? What about Supida-Man? <laughs> <laughs> I think before we get too far away from the picture, we need to point out that you know those pictures where you go to Disneyland and they're like, they tell the family, put your hand in the middle and look down at Tinkerbell. Uh-huh. That's basically what Jake is doing. Yeah, so go to our Facebook <laughs> page, at Movies That Make Us, and look at the weird face on Jake. I will be making face socks out of the face. You can actually make face socks. I will be taking his face from my Spider-Man picture with Tom Holland and putting them on socks, and you can order those later this year. <laughs> I was going to say, if I don't get a pair of face socks, I I'm going to be socks. pissed for Christmas. You will be the first, you will be the second person to get face socks because I'm going to be first. All right, I just want to make okay. that clear. Okay. So, on first of all, it's my face. How am I not the first or the second person to get the face? Uh, you can see your face every day. I'm just being honest with you that I'm going to be first. You will get them at the same time. Calm right. down. Okay. All right, that's fair. Okay. Uh, can so, I put my? Can I put an order in as well? Sure. Everyone at the table can get some. I'm not paying for all of them, but if you would <laughs> oh, like then, some, sorry. <laughs> Listen, I work in radio. I don't make anything. I work in retail. <laughs> okay, so Spider Man. The Spider-Man that is right now, Tom Holland, he is has, is under contract to do Spider-Man 3. We have no idea. Well, right now we think, as of right now, Disney is not going to be involved in this movie. It's going to be a Sony-only movie. Mm-hmm. Thoughts about this? 
But why? I'm just saying, forget about the Area 51 raid. I'm ready to raid Sony headquarters because this is stupid. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I don't understand. But isn't it Disney's fault, not it Sony? Is. It is so, Disney. I'm going to throw that out there, and you guys all know how much I love the Disney. It is, it is kind of Disney's fault. They are not they are not getting together with Sony saying that they agree with the contract. Disney wants more money. Is it a secret that Disney likes money? No, it's no. not. <laughs> Before, Disney had a very small percentage of this, and then they said, now that we've been helping you make this character popular, and they have, and I give them that, and we've been making these movies successful, we want 50%. Sony says you can't go from 5% to 50%. No. And so they can't come to a conclusion. So it is Disney's fault in that they won't come to a conclusion that Sony is okay with. But Sony also needs to r realize that, and people, you can send the hate mail to me this time, okay? <laughs> Disney is the prettier friend in this Mean Girls situation. <laughs> yeah. Sony is, is, the, is not the cute friend that Disney keeps inviting around. They need to know where, where they sit and they need to realize and, they need to give Disney more money. And you mentioned that Disney wants more money from the Spider-Man movies, but they're also offering to pay more money yes, to yeah. make the... So it's, I mean, just in defense of the mouse. Because they need help. They need help. And I like how you said that. Like, it, we know what Marvel and Disney can produce. We've seen it time and time again. 22 movies. Like, you know, we've seen it. So it's just weird to me that Sony would be like, yeah, you I mean, yeah, sure, we'll give you a little bit more. I, I would if it was me. I just think it's weird after all this story that now he's just ripped from the MCU. I mean, that's just. I mean, and a I, waste. I think part of it for me, part of it is a little optimistic about what they can do with Venom and Carnage and Spider Man now. Which without... I haven't seen Venom, and I've heard, I'm a little skeptical to so see. So, this, this thing about Venom, it's not the perfect movie, but I think Tom Hardy did a decent job with it. I think that given another chance at it that I don't think that it's something that they should just sweep under the rug. Right. I think it's something that they should develop a little bit more with another, with two more movies. Right. Um, and I think that you look at the trilogy as a whole rather than just the one movie. And I got into an argument with someone who was like, Oh, well, like Sony's produced like great movies. I was like, what Toby Maguire's in into the spider verse. Cause that's all I got really like, which are fantastic movies, but mm -hmm. compared to Marvel, it was I mean, only two thirds of Toby. Well, I love the fact that we have Andy Serkis as the director that gives me a lot of hope for the sequel. The only thing that I like about, and I'm going to get huge hate for this, Tobey Maguire's rendition of Spider-Man or all of the memes that have come from it, because <laughs> I thought I was an ugly crier. And then I just go to the interwebs and I say, I'm not as ugly as that. So I feel better about myself today. I feel so, like the biggest problem going forward is that now Peter Parker has all of Tony Stark's technology yes. at yeah. the end of the movie. And so Tony Stark's technology doesn't exist in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So they're just going to have to both movie series now are going to have to rewrite that to somehow somebody else gets Tony Stark's te technology and then in the Sony Spider-Man movies all of a sudden Peter Parker just doesn't have that anymore. But I think you can write around that with a character like Shuri because Shuri's already dealing with a lot of the tech that Tony's dealing with. Like she Yeah, it's has, great to go to her. Yeah. What is Sony going to do? Like, hey, remember how Spider-Man had missiles and stuff? He doesn't have that anymore. Well, what, about, what about the blip? How are they going to explain the blip without MCU? Right. That, yeah. I would, if they're gonna, not going to have it with Spidey anymore, like having that technology, I think this is just a great open door for us to get Riri Williams as yeah. Ironheart in. And yeah. like, we need that. Yeah. We need that next. So I think with all of this chat, obviously the door isn't closed because unless they're going to get super creative, Sony, 
Um, you don't have to laugh when you say that. I'm no. sorry. Unless they, unless they get super creative. Um, then I heard they, the dialogue in Venom. I don't know if they can then, get super creative. Well, and they can, but like I've seen the wind. But what, I've seen what I'm really excited that Sony creative. is doing, what I'm really excited that Sony is doing is that they said that we're going to get an Into the Spider-Verse 2. Yes. yes. So yeah. how many of you love Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, yeah. How yeah. many of you awesome are movie. like, hashtag, that's my Spider-Man. Yo. Oh, yeah, no, that's I where I'm going to get that tattoo. I, my tattoo, my I... What I love so much about Into the Spider-Verse is that we all love superheroes here. That's why we're at this convention. Um, and we all believe in them and they mean so much to us and we want to be them. But Into the Spider-Verse, I think, set it in such a way anyone can wear the mask. And I felt like even though it was an animated film, it wasn't live action, but it probably made me feel more represented than any other superhero movie has made me feel in a long time, which is crazy because I'm a 40-year-old white woman. <laughs> and I felt I cried. I went into the theater and watched that movie five times. I downloaded the soundtrack two days before the movie came out. Oh, yeah. Like when I go to the gym, this is my jam. Oh yeah, on the stairmaster. Those songs are the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. I do squats, man. <laughs> we should have invited Post Malone here. He's in town right now. <laughs> so, anybody thoughts on Spidey Verse Two? I think it should happen, wait. yeah. That's a good idea. I want more Spider-Ham. Where, where, where's, where are they going to go? Where's the story going to go? Um, I would say to Spider-Ham's universe. Let's see all the... Let's see the uh, the animal Avengers. Let's get Bunny <laughs> Hulk. We can't. You can't do that. They can't have Marvel characters. Yeah. It's not the Avengers. But you it's the Paw Avengers. But you bring up an interesting <laughs> point. This, this movie, I think the sequel would be traveling to different universes. Yeah. So I think you would see Miles and the gang go to the noir universe, go to 2099, go to uh, Looney Tune land, right? I think I think that's the direction they'd go with number two, wow. which would give it kind of a Wreck-It Ralph flavor, which I don't necessarily mind. So well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, you look back at one of their best games that they created, uh, Shattered Dimensions. Mm -hmm. And that game not only was incredibly fun, but the storyline made so much sense with it. So it's one of those where when you have the multiverse and you finally open that up, you can cue back of like, oh, remember when we did this and it was a wildly successful game? Let's now make a movie out of literally just that storyline, which was honestly putting different, spide different Spideys in different universes away from each other and what I'm having them try to figure out oh this is how this Spider-Man has to interact in this it's like in this world it'll be interesting to see just how it works out and how to find out how much of an influence that Marvel had on the first one because they did have a part in it it wasn't just Sony doing that this is just Sony on your own like all right you put on your big boy pants let's see what you can do and that's well, what you I'm got, scared about because it's great. I'm, I'm I'm part of the Utah Film Critics Association. We not we not only voted Spider Verse as the animated film of the year, but as film of the year, and it's going to be tough to top. I think yeah, that's without me, like, help. I was excited when I heard the announcement, but at the same time, I was like, what? "Well, they've like, got they've got Lord and Miller coming back, which I think is fantastic. They're going to work on the script and co-direct." Um, I think they're going to focus on Peter and Gwen. Yeah. I think that's going to be kind of the way that they go with it. I can just hear this mic crackling. I didn't know what it was going to do. I was like, it was going to blow up in my face. It's good so, right now. Okay, cool. Because I was just nervous as shit. Uh, so here's what's about to happen. They're going to drop this Spider-Man movie. 
it's not going to make nearly as much money. Spider-Verse 2 is going to make money because it's an Academy Award winning movie. Then Sony's going to be kicking themselves because this only the only reason this happened is Sony also got big headed and thought we don't need Marvel. We don't need you. Well, because Spider-Man Far From Home made $1.109 billion. It's their it, most successful movie, it beat right? out Skyfall. Right. But the only reason, the only reason it made that money was because it was the follow-up film for the highest grossing movie in history. Avatar. <laughs> oh my gosh let's throw down I have made an enemy of the mad titan today <laughs> so it's not my best move <laughs> Zach it's been nice oh knowing you buddy <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's only because of, of that. I didn't even say average black dude uh, <laughs> it's only because of Avengers Endgame why Spider-Man made 1.1 billion and the fact that Marvel has put a storyline and made a Spider-Man we actually care about we didn't care about Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man come Spider-Man 3 we didn't care we for damn sure didn't care about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 because we'll never forget Jamie Foxx lost a gap by getting struck by electric eels um, <laughs> did nobody pay attention to that his Max character had the biggest gap ever. And when yeah. all of a sudden, when he was Electro, he had beautiful teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had beautiful teeth. Super villains have beautiful yeah, teeth. After that movie came out, I was like running around with a lightning rod. Like, so come on. The problem is, so when it comes to Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse was more, they had a small consulting thing when it comes to Spider-Verse. It was nothing as big as with Spider-Man itself. You don't have to worry. So as long as Lord and Miller stay involved, I think you're okay. Yeah. That, that's that's the biggest thing you have to worry about with Spider-Verse. If Lord and Miller go away, then that movie fl flops no matter what. Because you don't want another director coming in and trying to touch a property that's already been established. Right. We have had that too many We've times. It and it fails. And it fails. Okay, so talking, speaking about Fire From Home, and we have one panelist, um, one podcaster here that has not seen the movie, and I'm just going to keep pointing it out. I got jobs and kids. <laughs> this is about to get um, heavy. No, he's okay with it. No, watch this. So Tommy Stark is dead. Okay, Spider-Man has Tony Stark technology, and Jake Gyllenhaal really wasn't Mysterio. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so but what I want to say, so you made a good point, Jay, of the only reason that this Spider-Man movie um, was so successful was because of Endgame. Mm -hmm. And I love Spider-Man. I did not like Far From Home as much as I liked, you know, um, Home... You know, homecoming. homecoming. So, I, totally I mean, does everybody feel you know. like the, it was like I only went and saw that twice in the theater. And one is because, I mean, I went to see it as a critic. And the other one is because I if I like a movie, I usually like to go, you know, give money to it. But like Spider-Verse, I went and saw it as many times as I had time for and money for to go see it in the theater. I There were some problems with Far From Home, but there were some things that I absolutely loved about it. Um, and I did love how they did how he kind of passed the torch of technology to Peter um, and you kind of had that moment on the plane. It's a plot device. The movie was a two and a half hour yes. plot device. It wasn't It wasn't as good of a movie as I thought it was going to be. When I'm looking at the numbers that it's bringing in, if they would have put that movie anywhere else other than Endgame, it would not it have made, would that not money. Have made the, no. the movie is not strong enough. It's not a bad movie, but, you gotta but remember, it's not the best but movie. But you got to remember when it comes to the MCU, they have a lot of movies. We tend to, we tend to be like, oh, these movies don't make any sense. Marvel had 23 movies to tell one story. Right. Every movie is not a movie that you just like, yo, you have to grip onto. Thor the Dark World uh. is a two and a half. Wait, <laughs> no, no. Thor the, Thor the Dark World is a two and a half hour movie to talk about one thing. Yeah. Just to talk about the ether. Yep. Yep. That's yep. all Thor the Dark World yep. is about. 
Ant-Man and the Wasp are literally plot device movies to introduce the character and to introduce what? The quantum realm. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man Far From Home is just to say, look, this is life after the snap. That's it. Right, and I understand yeah. that, but when everybody looks, when regular people, nothing. not yeah. nerds, when regular people, when pedestrians look at the numbers of this film, like my morning show partner that isn't into nerdy stuff at all, and he's like, Val, this movie must be one of the best movies you've ever seen because look at the numbers, and I'm like, it's actually not the best Marvel movie that's out there, but like you said, the device of putting it where it was, Sony is not going to have that device to make whatever Spider-Man movie they make, make that much money. But yeah. they do have its pedigree. They've right. got Tom Holland, they got two successful movies and, and all that cross behind our fingers. it. And people are gonna like that. They're gonna check it out. Oh, yeah. I think I think it's gonna make money right away, but it's it's longevity that's yeah. gonna it, be It's an like issue. you we'll said see. a minute ago, Rich, though. It's It's gotta live up to Into the Spider-Verse, yeah. which is universally loved by just about everybody. So even if Sony does make a really good Spider-Man movie, people might walk away going, wasn't as good as Into the Spider-Verse. I guess yeah. Disney was right. Can we talk about Mysterio, though? Because I thought Mysterio was dope. I kind of like, liked him, too. When I saw that they cast Jake Gyllenhaal in you that were so role, excited. I was like, the Gyllenhaal, they're bringing in the Gyllenhaal. And then when I when I was watching the movie and I'm like, oh, he's a douche. This is perfect. <laughs> what they did here. And then I loved it. But of course, he, he has my favorite line in any movie ever that he says to Spider-Man and he says, or Peter Parker, and he says, don't ever make anyone feel, make you feel bad for being the smartest person in the room. And I, I love that line so much that I'm going to get it tattooed on my body. But like for, for him to be in a room with all the people that he was in the room with that have been fighting these, these adults, they've been fighting wars that all this stuff. And this kid walks in this little puny kid walks in and he is the smartest person in that room. And he is going to be better than Iron Man. Um, and I love Iron Man. But Iron Man knew it. But Iron Man knew it. Yeah, that's why he, I gave him the glasses. He gave him the glasses because he, Iron Man had so many personal problems. He had so many things that he had to go up against. And he knew this kid was better than him. And that's why they had such a connection. And he knew he could handle all the smarts. And I, I think, think he to- knew that from when he interviewed him in his apartment. And he was like, oh, you're just doing this? Yeah. Not for money and what's your angle? Fighting the right. good fight? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But Tony also yeah. saw... Sorry, you go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying, I get it, I get it. You just know I have to put Tony up on the top. Okay. Tony also saw in himself, like in the latter movies, that his ego had caused a lot of problems and he didn't see an ego oh, yeah. in those. Peter Parker. And that was why he passed it on to him. Not just because he was a genius, because he was actually a good person where Tony had many flaws that he had become aware of. Well, and I think you've got to credit Tony a little bit for... Peter Parker being better than him. I mean, obviously he's already got better motives and everything, but Tony wanted him to be better than him. And so he mentored him to be, and that's what we do when we mentor someone, we want them to grow and be better than who we are and what we are. So Peter Parker is great, but only because of Tony. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good, good heart. Good heart. I know. So I (laughs) I love, I love this iteration of Spider-Man. Uh, a lot of people, when we heard we were getting another reboot, we were like, great, we got to watch Uncle Ben die again. Right. <laughs> um, but in this universe, in this universe, really the only key Uncle Ben gets is his initials on a suitcase. Tony Stark is this Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. Yes. This is the guy who this is the guy who gives him the with great power comes great responsibility line. Right. Yes. And Spider-Man is a character who carries his guilt yes. 
Yep. He does not let that go. He doesn't let other people carry it for him. That's that's his biggest character defect is he carries that guilt. And so now I'm wondering how that such a pivotal part of the character is carrying the guilt and cleaning up Tony's messes. Because you look at both his solo movies, both of his villains came around because of Tony Stark. The entire MCU villainry is because of Tony Stark. What a joke. Ultron. <laughs> everybody, all the villains that you have, in a sense, are because of Tony Stark. He just wanted to put a suit of armor I mean, around the world. Think about it. When, knowing about the Tesseract, Thanos knew about Tony from the jump. He even said it. Thanos told him, you're not the only one burdened with great knowledge. That's true. Thanos knew about him from jump. Yeah. I'm going to so, say Malekith, maybe not. No one Tony. knew about an ugly ass elf. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no one. Didn't, we no already one. explained to you Thor the Dark World had one purpose, so that was either. <laughs> Everything else doesn't matter. Wait, it wasn't it wasn't to show a, a fun ice giant frolicking through New York in the post credits? That seemed real important. <laughs> also, another purpose of Spider-Man Far From Home, I forgot to say, is to officially wrap up the story. Because they wrapped up the story the best way you could ever in that movie. When you brought back the scientist from Iron Man 1. Yeah. What? When you brought back the scientist said, Tony, Stewart, the one that Obadiah Stane yeah. yelled yeah. at. Yeah. I must have lost my mind. I was yeah. like, that is how you close a story. Yeah. Right. You got right. every, again. It was every, from Christmas Story. Yeah. It's Alfie from, yeah, it was Ralphie yeah, from Christmas Ralphie. Story. It's Ralphie. Oh, yeah. You got everybody <laughs> right. that Tony Stark has ever pissed off. And it comes full circle until the very end. Now it's like, we're all working together because Tony's a jerk, but see, Tony knew he was a jerk and he was trying to make amends for it, but not on the small levels. Right. But that's like you both are saying, like those are the clever things that Marvel is so good at. Like the, the odd to, or not to Uncle Ben with that, even into the Spider-Verse that all of the ways Uncle Ben's have died, like for Gwen, it was her best friend, it was Peter. His uncle was the villain. Like it, those are like clever storytelling to me. Um, and so even in uh, Far From Home, like Mysterio being that like, just the jerk that he was <laughs> like such a douche he he was also smart and could play off of that it felt like almost to me in a way that it's it was this villain towards iron man in a sense you know what i'm saying it's peter was just caught in the middle if that makes sense um so i i love the visuals and i thought that was a nice twist to like the 90s cartoon with all of the illusions that were happening i just thought that was brilliantly done until he showed dead Tony and then it was the zombie and I was like kick his ass Peter just I'm done <laughs> you went too far Mysterio you went I too far loved that scene he went too far that that first like illusion fight scene that he had with Mysterio in the warehouse there I that was so it was, cool it was brilliant oh my gosh that was the best way to showcase his air quote power set right <laughs> In that movie, I, lo I loved it. But Jay's about to disagree with me in three. No, 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 I'm just no, 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 no. I was just gonna say, I, I keep thinking about how we keep talking about how will Sony go forward. You got to think about it. They try minus Tony Stark's death and the technology. Minus that, if you take out Aunt May and Happy, this is a Spider-Man movie on its own. Yeah. You yeah. think they'll take yeah. out Aunt May? I mean, not Aunt May. I'm sorry. Talk take out Happy. Just Happy. Yeah, Happy's Aunt May gone. And Happy's relationship. Oh, for sure. I mean. yeah. yeah. But if you just take this is a Spider-Man movie on its own. And you take out the Tony Stark situation. So 
think about how they ended Spider. So uh, I told people this months ago, and I'm looking you dead in the eye when I tell you this. Yeah, I told everybody on. that J.K. Simmons will be reprising his role as J. Jonah Jameson. Nobody believed me, and he did. Hell no. yes. I told that people months. Awesome. I told people months ago about that. They was like, no, he's not. I said, okay, watch. And then he showed up, and I was like, I told you, bitches. I died. So, so good. So you got to remember. So fair, you he reprises his role for everything too. Like even in in uh, the uh, PS4 game, yep. he reprises his role in yeah, there as well. He's the voice but he's he the also voice. does the voice for the cartoons too, like the Lego Movie, yeah. like the. He is, I mean, they he's, are. Yeah, because he's somebody you don't want to replace. Yeah. So you look at it like the only other thing that Mark was MCU related in that post credit scene was the "What's new coming?" One, two, three. The building, the Baxter building is coming. Yeah. But yeah. Baxter building. Right. Baxter building. <laughs> but now, but now you don't have to talk about it because it was just something, it was an Easter egg. It wasn't right. anything that was openly acknowledged. So there's so many things we think that we have to worry about. But the problem is you now have to bring that character into a universe that makes no sense. You have Venom who has Spider-Man abilities, but has never touched Spider-Man. You have the suit who is the dumbest thing in the world because he told Eddie Brock, I'm a loser on my planet like you. What? I wish they would have set it on fire after that. But now, and then also you gave Woody Harrelson the worst red wig in history. <laughs> That's not his natural hair? <laughs> Terrible. So now you're going to, also, he was, in, he was in Venom. Yes, I am the one that was quoted on Screen Rant and every other thing. Tom Holland did film scenes for Venom. The Peter Parker was in Venom. The problem was Marvel saw the movie and was like, take him out. So, yeah, I've said it here. I've said it collided live. I've been quoted about it and I'm saying it again. So they tried to blend that universe already. But they put Peter Parker in it to play it safe. You put Parker in it. There's no real worries. You put Spider-Man in it. Everybody's like, oh, my God. There's a big difference. Yep. All right, I'm, so, I'm going to stop dropping jewels. I just want to point out, we've gone nearly a half hour, and nobody has said Peter Tingle yet. Peter Tingle. I was gonna say, <laughs> that was going to be the next thing I brought up, was the Peter Tingle. I mean, I was, I've been feeling it for I've, a half Yeah, I was hour. too. I was too. <laughs> I didn't want to say it out loud. Val but has it, been feeling the Peter Tingle since she met Tom Holland yesterday. I mean, really, since two years ago. That's not. <laughs> I'm okay. with Peter. Can we not call it that, the Peter yeah. Tingle? <laughs> it makes me feel weird, because... I don't think of him that way. I know you don't. Yeah, that. Doesn't, he doesn't make me tingle that way. He's a cute um, kid. He's a cute kid. I'm 40. Leave me alone. But like something He's like that, 12. Something that I was always wondering is like, so you think about older Spider-Man movies. You think about the uh, Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield movies. Do you think that they had a blend? Like, I think that Tobey Maguire made a good Peter Parker, but a terrible Spider-Man. <laughs> when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. <laughs> he didn't write it. I don't blame him. But then, like, I think Andrew Garfield was a terrible Peter Parker. But an okay Spider-Man. Like, that scene when he explains to Emma Stone that he's Spider-Man, he's, like, rubbing his chest and stuff. Like, I can never watch Wait, that movie. Wait, that's not how you'd explain your I'm Spider-Man, girl. You got all this spider goodness. It's, it's, it's like, you want to exactly. see my Peter Tingle? Exactly. Just, 
just, just a tip for you. Anytime you find yourself rubbing your chest to explain, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so I this don't know. Feel, I thought that's right. wrong. That I don't want to be right. That, that <laughs> felt right to me. Damn, that. Do you see this chest? I'm going to rub Ooh. this chest. <laughs> I saw that last night at the I panel. I work on this chest a lot. <laughs> I'm going to rub this chest. I saw what you could do with that thing. Can we talk about how Can you rephrase that statement? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Make it worse. Make it worse. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get Jake to take off the glasses. It's everyone's goal now, Jake. I know. Everyone's goal. I always thought it was funny when people were freaking out about Zendaya being cast as MJ, and uh, because they cast a blonde to play MJ in the original movie, and then a redhead to play Gwen Stacy. In the Andrew Garfield movies, who cares? The only Anybody could do it. I was pissed that they cast her is because I met her when she was a bratty kid. Oh, really? When she was doing um, Shake It Up on the Disney Channel, but that's she was at the age where you're a bratty kid. So in my mind, I was like, she's kind of a snot. Why is she going to mess up my movie? But then I saw her in a couple movies before that, and then she was in this movie, and I'm like, perfect, perfect casting. It had nothing to do with anything else other than I thought she was a brat and she was going to mess up my movie. And I think the fact that they made her. She's not the most popular girl in school. No, I love yeah. that. I love that because everything, ha anything with a teenager, it's got to be the the jock or the head cheerleader. No, that's not 99.9% .9 of kids in this world. They want, you know, the nerdy science kid or the outcast kids. That That's another form of representation you were talking about. I really liked that they kept her investigative side. Like, she's really smart, yeah. really investigative, but also super quirky and dark and emo and weird. But, you know, I, I thought it was a great twist on the character. I wanted I more from her in Far From Home. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I was wanting more. Like, they, I just felt like they kind of had her in the movie because they felt like they had her in the movie and they had her do some really clever things and stuff. But I, I felt like that movie should have been more her. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Yes. No, I agree. I'm not alone. 100%. Well, they had a ton in that movie. When you think about it, they had she so many different... She was on screen, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just like, just enough. to say, oh, MJ's here too. Yeah. And I think they tried to focus on that relationship piece. I mean, he's trying to impress her. They're going to Italy or whatever. And, um, <laughs> the Black Dahlia. Yeah, the Black Dahlia. Like, I, so I think they were trying to focus on that. So romantic. I do like that she found out that he, she, that he was Spider-Man. I like that. I think there's a lot more opportunities for her in three when you remove all of the Marvel lore. You got to fill it with something that's more screen time for MJ. And also think about it, because with the next Spider-Man, the next two, actually, because it was only supposed to be one, but may not be one or maybe two. But Disney is trying to pull John Watts off because they're like, oh, so we ain't going to work together. Come on back. But we'll find out what happens to that. But nonetheless, with this one, now his whole third movie is about trying to prove I'm not Spider-Man. Right. And so mm -hmm. how much will you, right. you got to have MJ with him the whole time? So now you hit, it's between him, MJ, and Ned trying to prove he's not Spider-Man. So that, I mean, if you, you want more Zendaya, you're going to be able to get it now because of what this story is. Yep. She's got to cover for him every time he's got to go somewhere. Right. I mean, can you really pretend? I mean, it's on national television, right? The hardest well, part the deep is fake videos that are out now. I think the problem it, is, yeah. too, with them taking away the Stark technology, if they call it, if he still has the tech, but don't call it Stark tech, he'll learn how to do a hologram of himself or a hologram of Spider-Man. So this way they can be at the same, they can be in two different places at one time. And everybody's yeah. like, oh, well, it is him. You know, yeah. it isn't him. True. I mean. Well, and, and I, it's interesting you mentioned it was on national television. It was on the Daily Bugle, which it seems like they made like InfoWars. Yes. So it's a questionable, credible yeah. source, you know, it, so on national television, eh, kind of. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. 
Fake news. Fake, yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me smells like sulfur. So you're telling me J. Jonah Jameson thinks that all the frogs are turning gay. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't put it past him. I don't know. Well, this this is bald J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. So. He looks so good, though. He does. He lo- he have, you seen, have you seen J. Jonah Jameson in Whiplash? He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> okay, so we've got about five minutes, five yeah. to eight minutes left before we have to run to another panel. Um, but I want to kind of go around uh, the table, and I just want you to tell um, everyone uh, who your favorite, what or what your favorite Spider-Man movie is out of any. And we're not going to judge you. This is a safe place, um, <laughs> and it can be any. It could be an animated series. It can be a movie. It can whatever your favorite Spider-Man Hilarious. something <laughs> is, unless it's on Pornhub. You if can't it's on Pornhub. Look, I'm telling it's, you, as a Spider-Man MJ porn, well, she <laughs> get me like Peter giving up. The Peter Tingle? No, it is a Peter. It ain't even a Peter Tingle. He giving it a Peter. Peter Like he giving it that long. Like it's just him. He giving it with the webbing. Like. All right, I'm done. What goes around comes around. Well, I was. This this is this version's equivalent of the shocker from the Star Wars episode. This can't say shocker after. You talk about porn, Tracy. <laughs> I, I was gonna say into the Spider Verse, but now after that, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Spider Porn. Incognito he right painted now. such a beautiful picture with his like, words. He's about to reach his peak, his spidey sense oh. go off. He's like, like he's <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, PS4's Spider Man game. <laughs> Gotta stick with that. It's so good. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. amazing. At the end, somebody's like, the, the only thing left one. is Spider-Man Three. They're like, dang it. <laughs> Sorry, James. I, I like, you know, there was something about uh, Topher Gr- Topher Grace. Was, <laughs> Topher Grace was he was there. Uh, can we pray on James Franco? No. <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church? No, we can't even The one thing I will say that they did perfectly over inside the game. No, no, no. You, sh- you, shut your, you shut your face right now. <laughs> is the meeting, be- like the actual Spider-Man meeting between uh, Miles Morales and Peter Parker. So the good. End, the yes. end scene. I want to see that so much. Oh so, yeah. The sequel needs to be based on that scene. Spider-Man homies. Spider-Man homies. That's what's coming. Yeah, I'm following this train. I was going to say the PS4 Spider-Man game as well. I'm even repping it with my shirt. <laughs> uh, I think Into the Spider-Verse for me. That movie was so important for so many people. And just that movie is that movie is incredible on so many levels. You guys know I love Tom Holland. I mean, a lot. And I love the MC universe, but I got to, I got to say into the spider verse and I miles Morales. And I met the kid that plays miles Morales at yes. CES cool and she made more. He, I watched him dance. I watched him sing. He talked to me for like 25 minutes about just the world. This 23 year old kid is amazing. And I want to see him and Tom Holland in a movie together. I know it's not ever going to happen, but that is my wish. Isn't Shamik in that new Wu Tang thing on Hulu, which is by the yes. way, amazing. <laughs> the first three episodes. <laughs> If you are not watching it on Hulu, you will miss it out. Yeah. For spoilers, yeah, Ghostface and Raekwon want to kill each other in the first three minutes. <laughs> Get your life right with Jesus and watch it. <laughs> I 
I gotta go with my my boy Miles. Like, Spider Verse is just an amazing movie. I'm surprised nobody has said this one movie yet. Go ahead. Uh, what? No, no, I'm gonna say it. No, nobody said it. I'm gonna it, still say it regardless. <laughs> Miles is Miles, my dude. Like, he's just yeah, the representation, his story. He's I love Peter Parker, but and I love that we got to see Peter Parker jaded in this one. Like, we know his story, but this was Miles' story. Him coming in, and it was just heartwarming. Hey. What's up? <laughs> Y'all missed it, but there was a shoulder touch. <laughs> Einstein said time was relative. <laughs> I don't know what's happening over there. <laughs> Colin doesn't know what's so happening over there. <laughs> if I had my spider suit on, I wore that yesterday. It would have been perfect. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, PS4 game. Hands down. Love being able to dive in, play as the character, be surrounded by, by that universe. And uh, being able to, I mean, just web swinging around is, is fun in itself. See, and that, but then all the Miles Morales stuff. and mm. yeah, That has been something that these movies have lacked so much is just quintessential web slinging. Yep. And the fact that you could go and get it. And it's one of the, so I've talked to Tom Holland before a couple of times. He is a fantastic, well, he was a fantastic gymnast. And that right. is something where he can actually do it. So it's like mm-hmm. yeah. not utilizing that, which is the one of the quintessential parts of Spider-Man, not letting him actually tumble and fly and do anything sort of acrobatic through the air is it, it it's a loss i mean unless it's, it's he's a in a neighborhood well something where, I, where there's <laughs> nothing to and that's, and that's something i really loved about toad mcguire's spider-man yeah, is that they ended too. each one with like this yeah. celebratory swing oh, through yeah. that and i loved it loved yeah, it yeah. i kind of want to give an honorable mention just to the the original spider-man Simply because Macho Man Randy Savage was in it. And then also Michael Keaton in Homecoming as the Vulture is he's just so good. That's yeah, everything I, you who would have thought you could get that kind of depth out of the Vulture? When I heard they were doing the Vulture, I'm like, oh, no. And then I went, oh. Yeah, that's the cool yeah. thing. We got to see so many cool villains out but, of that. But top to bottom, Into the Spider Verse is, is my favorite Spider Man movie. So you've got your own. I've mic. got my own. Mic. <laughs> there, there was there was this old TV series in the seventies. Oh yeah, no, just kidding. I grew up on my favorite. But I, anyway, that was the first one I remember seeing. No, it's uh, Into the Spider Verse for me. I go Spider Verse, but Spider Man Two. Thank you. Is really, really, really good. It is. It's really good. Spider Man Two is completely. Un- People forget that movie is so dope and it dark at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. It is so. Tracy, do-, do you have something to sing from Spider Man Two? Not from Spider Man Two. Oh dang it! Uh, we can just Rain do the drops uh, keep falling on <laughs> my head. <laughs> 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 Um, so I love Into the Spider-Verse, but I'm actually going to go uh, Homecoming on this one just because of one scene in particular when uh, Peter is confronting Vulture in the hangar and he has the building collapse on him. And he's sitting there like looking in the thing and he's like screaming for help and he's like saying he can't breathe and all this other stuff. And then he sees his reflection and just the, come on, Spider-Man, come on, Peter. <laughs> like, just seeing that. And, yeah, that's, like, probably my favorite scene in all Spider-Man movies. More than... More than the <laughs> dance. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 reminded me. I, uh, two of my favorite comedians I, uh, are actually in I, uh, Spider-Man I, uh, movies. I, uh, Joey Diaz is in Spider-Man 2. Yes, He's he the guy is. that steps in front of Doc Ock and says, you got to go through me. You got to go through me. And then me. Donnell Rawlings, one of the 
best comedians working today. He's the guy that goes, that dude stole, or that dude stole that Spider-Man's pizza or something like that. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Spider-Man stole that dude's pizza. That's what it was. It's into the Spider-Verse because I cried off one scene in particular, the conversation that Miles' dad was having with him through the door. Yes. Crying right now. The scene he had through the door. Because... I needed to. <laughs> that was the scene. But also, like I said, Spider-Man 2, because it does not get recognized enough, enough because we always overlook it because of Tobey Maguire as a whole. But Alfred Molina as Doc Ock yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. to see the torment he had to go through also with Harry finding out who he was. You know, so all of that played a role. Then you have Harry, you know, going crazy, hearing Norman Osborn's voice. So all those different things played out. And then I just kind of wish they would have let Chris, Kirsten Dunst just fall in the river. But <laughs> like, you could have killed that MJ. Nobody actually, would have. Spider-Man 2, I saw it not too long ago. The, that quality of the movie, like the visuals, the special effects, it really still holds it. It still holds? Yeah. It's that scene where he has to hold the train. Yeah. It's, it's one of the so best yes. to watch the suit rip and like, and look. An average person with that much strength might lose, you know, an arm. But the fact you saw his suit rip, because that was the best way they can show you the real life effect of it. Yeah. Instead of showing his arm rip out, his suit is tearing. Jay, I'm glad you brought up the scene with, with Miles and his dad in the door. Because I honestly, when I was watching that, I remember thinking this could be the equivalent to like the generation now, like a father son moment mm-hmm. as Field of Dreams. Like you want to have a catch. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's where I remember feeling that. Well, uh, I didn't want to bring up Field of Dreams because <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Uh, but <laughs> are we going back there again? No, but as a dad, as a dad too, that you know is mimicking. Like I might have to have those conversations yeah. Yeah. with my either my son or my daughter, and uh, so I think about those things, and so that's why it made me tear up. And uh, I'm gonna stop talking about this right now because I am too big to be at this table crying. All right. We want to thank everyone, right? Yeah, we do. Thank you, everybody, for being on the show. Um, If you want to find us, we are Movies That Make Us. We will put everyone's links when we post this um, so that you can go check out everyone else's podcast. But thank you so much for talking about Spider-Man with us. Thank you all. Thank you, guys. And we will see you at the movies. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.